Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Please don't take this person out. Would you politely go to hell? Get the fuck out of my way. Cause it's been one of those days. What's up, player? Do-do-do-do-do-do. Call the cops. There's a plant singing. That's the name of the van, you freak. Oh, she like Mr. Bean? Mrs. Burrito. I find you so asexual. Use it, use it. Don't me, Frankenstein. Bad tape it's the fastest hour in podcasting this is never not funny now here's your host jimmy pardo hello everybody DDS. welcome to the program episode 2716 of the award-winning podcast never not funny that is the name of the program that's the program number uh i hope everybody had a nice weekend we had a uh a uh, very relaxing day here at the uh, weekend. Day, day, days turn into days, turn into weeks, turn into months, turn into years, turn into decades, turn into centuries, turn into millennials. Millennial, what would come after centuries? No, millennia, millennia. Millennia. Yeah, millennium. I got it right. All right. Well, listen, we're all friends here. There's no reason to get upset early on a Monday, early in the week. Um, the real question is, is there anything after millennia? Like, what's the next well, thing? We have learned on this program what a myriad is. I don't remember, though. It's yeah, 10,000 of something. A myriad of mistakes, I believe, is the, uh, <laughs> how it was used in the sentence. <laughs> but a myriad is 10,000. Oh, so you So think that would mean that, I don't know if you if this is a thing, but I would assume after millennia would be myriads. Maybe Garen can tell us. So that, it seems like it should have its own word that's specific to year, like chunks of time. The next stop after millennium is terasecond. Terasecond? Terasecond? For- for rounded number of years, it's a mega anum. Mega anum. Mega anum. I like that. There's also an eon. Oh, sure. Well, what does that mean? Oh, I haven't seen that guy in eons. That's an example of it. That you, yeah. We're using the sentence in case you're doing a spelling bee. <laughs> That's what that was. You're welcome. One billion years is an eon. One billion years. That's so an eon. Why is that 
known colloquially. Like we all know the word eon, but we don't know any of those other ones in between. Yeah. A terasecond is a period of time lasting 31,700 years. That's not a myriad no. is 10,000 years. We want to know what 10,000. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Myriad. A myriad is 10,000 years. Technically means 10,000. It doesn't specifically mean 10,000 years, but it could be used in that context. A myriad year would mean 10,000 years, but is unlikely to be understood. <laughs> what about a, a Merry Christmas? What, uh, is there anything like that there? No, I'm gonna I, I know we're allowed. We're not, we are. We are not allowed to say that anymore. I know that we're taking that away from the conservatives that they can't say Merry Christmas. I'm this, this is the last I was Christmas. at the meeting over the week. I told you guys I had a very relaxing weekend and part of it was with the council that we are going to go house to house this year. And if I, we hear Merry Christmas, we will put a stop to it. We are <laughs> Thank God. putting our foot down. This is the year that we're finally do, we're taking guns this year and we're taking Merry Christmas. This is the year we're doing it. Great. We're doing it. Let's do it. I'm with you. I'm uh, I, I the whole world will hear you. Well, thank you. You're right, Matt. You're right. I like. I was trying. I was trying to connect it to that stupid uh, George W. Bush speech, but uh, it didn't actually apply. <laughs> oh, uh, Mission accomplished, Matt. Yeah, no uh, kidding. Drop the way, flag. Uh, way to go, Brownie. <laughs> Whatever the hell that one is. Um, listen, he's going to be on television get the vaccine, and he's going to look good doing it with the other two gentlemen. That's going to be a great show. I can't. I can't wait to see who the musical guest is. <laughs> I can't, I, Matt. I can't believe it's not pay per view. I really. Uh, I agree. I'd, I'd like. I, who would? Let's think of the musical guest on that. That would make those three guys happy. Oh, it would have. And to where's be. Jimmy Carter in this bullshit? By the way, he's supposed to be the great humanitarian. Get your little uh, your peanut uh, uh, noodle thin <laughs> arm out there. Let's get that vaccinated, Jimmy. Aren't they just you assuming can't. he'll be dead by the time the vaccine? I, think, gets yeah. <laughs> I don't think it'd make him believe he's still. Like, the guy falls down a flight of stairs. And it's like I'm up. It's crazy. I'm good. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, who would the musical guest be on that? If we if, if we well, had to bounce around, my first Bill Clinton. <laughs> Yeah, he'll just bring the sax out. Oh yeah, blow some horn. Uh, my first, if he still does. My first thought was um, was Fleetwood Mac because that's such a boomer band. And uh, well, remember, the, didn't uh, didn't Clinton have them at the at the inauguration, inauguration one year? Yeah, because his his like campaign theme song was "Don't Stop" or whatever that right. song's called. Um, but there's no way there's no way Barack Obama wants that. <laughs> no, I like what is there any musical overlap between those three guys? Maybe some jazz, like some very middle of the road jazz song or something. I wonder because because Bush, <laughs> the band Bush. No, I was going to say <laughs> they all love yes. before I before my sentence Bush had to stop. Glycerine <laughs> was that, um, you know, Bush is a party guy. Mm hmm. Right. I mean, historically, this is a guy who took some drugs, yeah. had some had some beers. And I would your, think that his his musical taste might be fun, if not necessarily our taste. It might be actually kind of fun. To your point, uh, he uh, what is he? Seventy two years. How old is George Senior or George Bush Junior? You know, W is who I'm trying to talk about here. Seventy <laughs> two. Huh, that's a good question. I mean, if you think about all of the guy, you know, all the music that I enjoy. Classic rock is what I'm speaking about. You know, that mm-hmm. I, I listened to it because older people in the neighborhood did, including my parents. Mm-hmm. And my dad sure. is 77 and my mom would have been would be would have been 74. So, yeah, it, to, to Elliot's point. Yes, that's that. Why, why would it not be classic rock? Why wouldn't that guy be into I mean, that? Yeah. Barack Obama's the only one because because Barack Obama's not that old, right? No, he's certainly not. Mm-hmm. I think he's 71. What? <laughs> I'm kidding. No. He's he might be in his 50s. 61, 58. He might be 58 is my guess. Bush is 74. Happy birthday to him. Same age as your mom. Uh, well, one of them's dead. 
Mm. Bill Clinton is also 74. Uh, well, okay. again. Wow, that's weird. My mom's dead. And they're both sort of s- southernish. Barack is so maybe some maybe some Skinner. Maybe they throw some Skinner on and but, scare and the hell Barack out of Obama's Barack Obama. 50, <laughs> Barack Obama's 59. 59. Okay. So maybe like uh, here, I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, something that could just appeal to everybody. Cool in the gang. There you go. Love it. <laughs> I actually I mean, think that that would work. Yeah. That's that's so, that sort of falls. I can see W right. dancing to Cool in the Gang. Yeah, like you know, you know, Clinton loves Cool in the Gang. There's no question. 100. percent Bush could probably There's... get down with it, and Obama can tolerate it <laughs> if, if not enjoy it. I I agree with you. As as a quick reminder, uh, when Van Halen went on tour last with not last, but maybe the time before that, no, I think it was last with uh, David Lee Roth. Uh, cool in the Gang was the opening band. And everybody on the internet was furious with it. And then the next day, they were no longer furious with it. <laughs> yeah. You were like, hey, you know what? They're fun. It's very, like, it, you can, I mean, look, Celebration is is a terrible song. But there, you can't, there's there's at least one. I don't know, cool, I don't know if that's fact. Is it? I don't know if, yeah, I, don't know if I agree with that either. It's, I, I, I find it to be horrible. It's, it's, it's not Mozart, but, but it's Maybe well done for what it's song. intended. Maybe it's just been... My entire life has been overplayed, so that that's oh, there's no question yeah, about that. It's, it's it's so tiresome. But but I, what I was going to say is like there's a there's a cool in, in the gang song for everybody. I think like <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be that one, but like is you, yours Joanna Matt? <laughs> <laughs> now that that is truly awful. Like that's that's even that, that, worse. That's the bad one. And yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Garen, look this up. Go to setlist.fm. If I'm not mistaken, I think they opened the show with Joanna. Wow. And I <laughs> almost get it out of the way. Let's get it out of the way before everybody's in their seats. No and then kidding. we could, you know, we have to do it. But let's. It's like they wanted the Van Halen crowd to hate them to play that song. Like, I mean, what song? I think, or is it, do they open with Cherish? They open with something very odd. Now, see, Cherish is very cheesy, but I do kind of like it. I, I I think you'll find uh, you'll like uh, more cool in the game than you than you'd think. Yeah, not you. I mean, people in general. Right. Uh, and then I mean, like the earlier stuff is is really good. Like you know, like I don't know a lot of it, but I know Jungle Boogie is great. Like that's a really open sesame. Was that back in 2012? Yeah, let's call it 2012. All right, Joanne was not performed. It was not. All right, my I, I got some bad intel, and by that I mean my own eyes that <laughs> I just read something. So what was the set list, Garen? It was fresh. That was it. I thought that I fresh, found that to so be an fresh. odd opener. Fresh, exciting, exciting. Do, 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 do. She's so inviting, so inviting to me. To me. <laughs> she's fresh. She's, she's so fresh. fresh. Yeah, that, the '80s stuff is so crazy of theirs. It's it's so it's so soft. It's weird. It's so bizarre that again, when you when you hear that song and then cherish, it's like, why did they have them open? <laughs> but go ahead, Gary. Yeah. What else did this party band bring to the concert tonight? Tonight, another kind of uh, 80s mellow tune. How does that go? Emergency. Oh, that's oh, a great song. Emergency, yeah. Emergency. I mean, it's horrible 80s, but it's great. Yeah. Misled. Misled. Another great. That's a great song, too. Great guitar solo in the middle of it. Go ahead. All right. Now we're into the, the two word songs. <laughs> is that, is that <laughs> how they did it? <laughs> that's how they do their set in list. order of how One, many two, syllables. three. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yes. Too hot. Oh, that's another too good hot. one. Too hot. Too hot. Too hot. Lay too hot. God Hollywood damn it. I can't it. wait for this vaccination special. <laughs> I'm loving this band. Let's line up of songs. Now, wait, let me ask really quick before I continue. Cool in the Gang is the musical guest you guys want, not what you're nicknaming that group of presidents. <laughs> yeah, not without Jimmy Carter there. Got it. Yeah. Carter can't have a gang with just yes, two people. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, by the way, is there, a, is there an injection song? Is there a song like, I, I'm sure there's got to be something yeah. where there's like, I mean, it's, 
shot through the heart isn't the right phrase, but there's got to uh, be something where yeah. there's a lyric that is perfect for getting an for, injection. Yeah. What about uh, Neil Young's? I've seen the needle and the damage done. I'm sure some anti-vaxxers would think that. Uh-huh. That's about. He cover everybody. Everybody watch that. Um, seen the needle and the damage done. Go ahead, Garen. Continue. Please. I hope that they do that just to mess with the anti-vaxxers. Uh, Hollywood Swingin', Jungle Boogie. Hollywood yeah. Swingin'. Don't don't gloss over Hollywood Swingin'. That's a great song. Another great song. Hollywood Swingin'. Great. If anyone who played uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas loves that song because that played on nonstop in that game. Love it. Good to do, Garen. Ladies' Night. Ladies' Night. Oh, oh what a, oh, what a night. night. Great song. That wraps up the two-word oh, title segment. <laughs> All right, now our three-word. So they didn't play Hard Jungle Boogie? God damn it. Oh, no, you, they did. Yeah, I said yeah, that. They did. Oh, you did? I missed it. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're jumping to four words. Oh, they don't have any three words. They refuse to do it. They do? No. Get down on it. Get down, Get down on, on it. it. Wow. Yeah, Get down that's on That's a good one. Go ahead. And then they go back to the one. Celebration. 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 Good times. Come on. You got to close with Come celebration, on. right? And then, and the cradle will rock. Maybe they could, maybe that song could be more fun live. Like maybe they can jazz it up a little bit. It's just the, 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 the recorded studio version of celebration is, it doesn't, never needs to be played again. I think you, I think that's your party be- going on right here. Come on. I, How do you not like that? I gotta I, imagine I, that the live version is probably like 20, 25 minutes long. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes, totally. 100%. version of that, no question about it. Uh, I, 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 there may be a question. I don't know what they do. Um, <laughs> All right. I think, Matt, I think you're just mad that it, 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 you're ignoring how great that song is because of how it's been over. I don't, I don't think I, yeah. yeah, I don't think I ever got a chance to appreciate it because literally <laughs> I feel like from the second I was conscious of, of radio, of FM and, and pop music on the radio, that was being played every single day. And uh, it, I know it went away, but it, it didn't feel like it went away really. Well, because of every uh, every sports arena plays it. Yes. Um, yeah. Every sport plays it. And then there was at every least, wedding, every party. There was some some politician used it in their campaign too. I don't remember some presidential mm-hmm. candidate, maybe someone who was president. Even I, I can't remember if it was Reagan or. Uh, or maybe it was like, you know, Dukakis played it at the Democratic, you know, like somebody right. like Howard that. Dean. Yeah. <laughs> so, Shut up, right. Howard, you're done. Oh, so, good what? Time. I just made a dinosaur sound. People love dinosaurs. <laughs> Come on. Now, that would have been a good spin. Who doesn't like dinosaurs? <laughs> he could have done a, like a PSA yeah. with uh, Steve, Steven Spielberg and they could have talked about it. He was so robbed. Yeah. He was, was a nice man bullshit. who was trying very hard. But yeah, well, we don't need to get into that. Uh, To answer your question, Elliot, there is a song by Rise Against called Injection, which I'm not familiar with. And then uh, there's an instrumental track from the Mission Impossible (laughs) 2 score called Injection. Let's do it. Let's use that one. Uh, Those those, uh, opening titles are going to need some music underneath it. Right. There you go. Oh, and then then they're going to focus right in on the arm where the the needle's going Mm -hmm. in. A band called Wesker has a song called Injection. Never heard of them. Oh, Indigo Girls has pushed the needle too far. Who does? <laughs> Indigo Girls. I don't know if that's uh, what we're talking about. I don't know if that. Uh, I don't know if that song's about that. Do you, Garen? What's about? Is it about drugs? Is it about drugs? Oh, know. but it. It should or be. Uh, what's uh, that? What's that? Um, or is it like on a uh, sound meter? It's moving the needle on the on the soundboard too too far. Uh, what's the, what's the Rolling Stones? Oh well, no, it's not Rolling. Lust for Life. That's what they should play. The great Iggy Pop. Yeah, yeah. About that's about taking drugs, right? Probably. 
would imagine. Ziggy Pop. Hey, I don't know this song, but maybe you do, Jimmy. There's a there's a Leonard Skinner song called The Needle and the Spoon. Uh, I I don't know a lot about those lyrics, but it sounds like heroin. Really. <laughs> it might be about heroin. <laughs> Could be about heroin. I but, you know I'm sure I know that song. I, I don't know. You know what? I don't know a lot about Leonard Skinner. I, I know I know the ten songs that everybody knows, and I think they're I do think they're great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed that last documentary I watched about them, where they tried to distance themselves from white nationalism and just say that it's a flag, leave us alone. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I don't know enough about them. Hmm. Or maybe I know exactly as much as I need to know about them. <laughs> yeah, probably. Could be. I, I will say this. I think uh, if, if they want people to watch this injection thing happening with these presidents, one of the one of the injections should be heroin. And we just don't know which one. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's not a bad idea. Right? Yeah. Wow. People would want to watch that. Right? Uh, it's not called the focus group. What's that called when they... Uh, oh, um... Placebo? Placebo, except it's the opposite of placebo. Right. But, what, but what's, that, what's that called when it's a... Russian roulette. A, a blind... Double blind? Oh, double blind? Yeah, the blind uh, test or whatever the hell it's called. I forget. Who knows? I don't know. Somebody we, just said that, who was always oh, Hallie on the last uh, Platinum that told us that her parents were involved in that. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. In that thing. and uh, Control. Is that what you're thinking of? That there, there's a control not, group? No. Yes. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Just say yes. <laughs> lost interest in my own, my own premise, my own topic I've lost interest in. Hey, I want to get this I was injecting a president with heroin, way. so... Sorry, my voice. My voice is just not cutting through today, is it? No, it's, it isn't. You and, need to and what, turn maybe your, you need to turn up, turn your bit. jazz up a little bit, and and then t- uh, turn Elliot's it's, down. If it goes up <laughs> any more, it's gonna it's gonna peak bad. Okay, never mind then. So, uh, yeah, hello, hello, hello. All right, we'll see what happens. Um, I had a, I had a bunch of Zoom calls over the weekend uh, for the Platinum folks, so I, uh, it was nice to doing that. And uh, one of them was a, a gentleman had a birthday, Brent. So happy birthday, to that gentleman. It was nice as. Wife got him a uh, platinum membership for his birthday. Well, that's nice. nice. So uh, that is a good gift is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did not mean to turn this into a commercial, but uh, with the holidays right around you, maybe a loved one would like a platinum membership. Um, and so uh, uh, think about that underneath the tree. Might put a picture of a podcast logo underneath the tree and see how they react to that. Um, and then another gentleman uh, had a nice uh, Jonathan who uh, up in Canada who um uh, has been a fan of ours forever, and so it was nice to uh, finally, uh, like a lot of these people, uh, like to put a face and a and a, uh, and a noise to their name. Yeah, how's that for a good sentence? <laughs> I like it. I got it. Having a tough time. Uh, also, I'm doing a flapper show on the 15th of December. Nope, wrong. 18th of December, yeah. Friday the 18th. I'm going to be doing the uh, last flapper show of the year, special Christmas show. It will be no different than any show I've done previously, <laughs> but I am calling it my special Christmas show. Um, and then also, uh, I mentioned the 15th, and for good reason, uh, Jimmy's Records of Tape Season 2 will uh, debut on the 15th of um, December. And a new, uh, new format this uh, season. I got uh, I, uh, give you a little preview of what that will be. It is, um, the top of the show is my five favorite, five favorite, whatever the topic is that particular week. And uh, maybe a little story will go along with one of those songs or the topic in, in general. And um, uh, I thought that was a fun way to maybe do season two. And uh, I, I like them. I like them. I'm liking what I'm seeing so far of what Elliot, Elliot's doing with the uh, editing and so on and so forth. And um, I think they're I think they're fun. I think it'll be a, a, a fun view for everybody. And, uh, and then I've also uh, a little something at the end of the show. Uh, instead of the quick hit, it is a now a battle of the bands. Jimmy chooses. 
Uh, got the idea from my uh, friend of the show, Brendan Smith, on Twitter. And I did it one weekend at the very beginning of the pandemic where I just sat on my couch for hours and people would give me two bands and I had to tell them which one would win in Jimmy Pardo's uh, uh, boxing match ring. Hi, Jimmy. Uh, so I brought that over to this and that's a fun little way to end each episode. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And not, by the way, when I say Fave Five, it, let's say I'm going to make something up right now. Fave Five uh, Van Halen songs. I'm not doing that. It's not a topic. I will, that will not be a topic. Never uh, but let's pretend it is. I'm not saying they're the best five. I'm saying these are my favorite five of a certain. Uh, here's my favorite uh, f- top five uh, favorite five drum solos. Not the best. These are the f- my favorite five. So somebody's going, what the fuck? What about this one? Great. That's yours. These are mine. And that's the premise is to have more conversation as opposed to uh, last season where it was like, uh, hey, here's, uh, here's a thing. And here's another thing. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> so Jimmy's Records and Tapes season two debuting. Go to youtube.com slash never not funny and uh, subscribe and click the notification bell so that you are notified as soon as a new episode goes up. Right. Smash that bell or whatever the hell they, uh, the, yeah. the kids say. Smash, uh, smash. smash the like button. Hey, there's a YouTube kid, by the way, that he's uh, like five or six years old. I guess Matt, he was a part of the Macy's parade. He had his own uh, yeah, balloon. R- Ryan. Ryan. So I didn't know anything about this kid. Yeah. So, so, right. So he shows up at the, at the parade. They say he's the first YouTuber to ever have representation at the parade mm-hmm. and then i said i said i don't know who that kid is and oliver explained who he was so we were at uh, uh so your line matt is oh dad here's that youtuber i was telling you about and it's so what it is is uh you know the kid's got his own line of toys or something yeah and so it's it's a picture it's the toy he's on the package of the toy with you know some big crazy happy smile and two thumbs up and uh so matt again you are the role of oliver saying mm-hmm. hey dad here's that guy and i will be me at target ready yep Hey, Dad, here's the guy from YouTube I was telling you about. Fuck him. (laughs) The kid's five years old. Cool. Five years old, but that was my gut reaction to seeing the photo. Because, By the way, I'm not mad at the kid. I'm mad at his fucking parents. I'm mad at his... Because there's no way the kid's like, hey, I want to have a YouTube channel at five and decided to do that. He is is the the bleeding edge of a very annoying trend that's been happening on YouTube for years, which is channels that are just children opening toys. And it's, I don't mean opening a present. I mean, like, there here's the box and they open it and that's it. And sometimes it's an adult doing it, but he and a few other families, uh, you know, really tapped into the like, hey, let's, let's show a kid opening this new toy. And then what happens is they become successful on YouTube and start making money and then they reinvest that money in more toys. And, and so then it's just every single toy that gets released, they have to keep the content coming and what better way to do that than to just spend all their money on toys not all their but money, are they spending it, the money at this point or are they getting well, well, is Hasbro just sending it to him well now he's got now he's got a deal with some toy company like you said so yeah he's though that's also true though yeah i'm sure there are some companies that just send him stuff in hopes of getting promotion right. uh but then there's stuff that you know maybe they have to buy because it's like they need it but yeah they could probably make a video every three days with just the stuff that gets sent to them for free but it's crazy. I mean, that kid, I think he's like either the top or in the top three highest grossing YouTube channels in the world. I think you're right. And, uh, you know, he's making like probably 20 to 40 million dollars a year or some crazy I shit. He is. I uh, think I think uh, Oliver may have looked it up while he was uh, telling me this. And I was attempting to not put the gun in my mouth. Yeah. Um, I think it was 30 million. Yeah, it's nuts. It's crazy. Nuts. He's got 27 million subscribers and 700 million monthly viewers. Seven 
hundred. I think million. one of my Jimmy's Rectional tapes has twenty five hundred views. <laughs> so I that's get what this kid's going through. I get that's it. One, that's one view for every person in Europe and the United States. They love to see this kid open up a box, man. Yeah. Wow. Holy well, good for him. Congratulations to that young man. Ryan, I guess is his name. Yeah. 26 million in 2019. How much? 26 million. 26 million. Maybe I just rounded up to 30. Well, like I, I, I can tell you what's coming next because I've been, I, I accidentally came across this. The needle and the spoon? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Or, you know, the gun in the mouth or any of those things. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a trend now of watching people who, of watching animated characters that are being operated by people in real time hmm. playing video games. Hmm. So somebody's playing a video game and instead of the person being shown on screen, it is either a 3D or a 2D animated character. And so while they're talking, the mouth moves with the audio yeah. and they can they can do little poses and stuff in real time by, by clicking buttons and stuff. So what's the software? I know it's just motion capture, but is that like something anybody can just get? Uh, I'm looking it up because I was kind of curious as to how that would work. It's it's not as easy as you might think, but it's not as difficult as it used to be. Yeah. So that's, I mean, so that's, that is a that's a good way of, you know, if if like the main thing to me about the Ryan thing that's creepy is it's like not that they intended him to be famous, but isn't it weird? I think it's weird to let your kid be uh, seen on the internet. Like, so if you're like, yes, you're, yeah. you're, you're not, that kid's not old enough to make a decision for himself about his privacy. So it's like the parents, my, my uh, opinion at least is as a, as a parent is that it's, it's the parent's job to protect a child's privacy until they are old enough to be responsible for their privacy themselves. And yeah. th- the parents who just put their kids on YouTube they're just like basically forgoing that <laughs> that obligation. I think. And I, it scares I also me. think there's a. I don't want to say child labor. That's but to to make your kid a prop because that's really what he right. is at that age. Yeah, that kid's a prop. Yeah, and and mommy and daddy are cashing the checks. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's no way. That, again, there's no way the kid woke up one day and said, "I want to do." Hey, dad, I have an idea. Well, what if you, I open up toys you, on the internet? And you, you literally can't legally have a YouTube channel under the age of 13. So the channel belongs to the parents. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, That's Ryan, time to do another video. You know the kid fucking hates it. You know, <laughs> just the, the, the like, first smile on that, that box tells me so. At first, it was probably exciting. But yeah, it, it's it's just a weird thing to, to uh, impose upon a kid. Like, this is going to be your life. That's so also, which, Matt, which is, to that point, go to Charlie. And Charlie's not five years old, but go to Charlie. And say, uh, tell him that uh, you can give him 46 million pennies or 40, or 40 you know, I, I'm, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, two, you know, whatever. He, he's not going to understand that $46 million is, my, uh, is mm. what I'm long-windedly trying to get at. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, $15 is a lot of money to a five-year-old kid. They don't right. know the difference. That's just, he's, he's nine, actually, if that makes any difference. At this, at this point, he was, oh, yeah, you know what? He was five now. when he started. Yeah. Ignore everything I just said. Then. I think he deserves the balloon. My fault. <laughs> he's YouTube's highest earner. Two years in a row. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's nuts. Two years in a row. Yeah. Charlie well, used to I mean, watch him. Like when Charlie was younger, he, he would watch that, uh, that channel because there is, I don't know, kids like seeing someone who looks like them doing something they want to do, <laughs> just yeah. open a, open a toy. Well, I get it. I mean, I get that aspect of it yeah. again, but it's, it's the parenting that it, it, oh, I know. 
and and just I, you know what what did those parents not get in their lives that they went yeah that's what this is what we have to do to to make money and and to so to have some sort of success and, and fame well i hope they so, didn't go into it thinking they were gonna make money because th- that's a one in a million shot that you would be successful right. doing that that's what's crazy about it is like they were probably just doing it because they thought it would be fun or something but once it got going then it, yeah then it becomes your whole life and your job and everything and you have to like manage I'm it i'm still allowed to hate stop. them right no yeah. matter oh, even if they went sure. into it with good intention i hate them <laughs> you're, you're free I mean, that's the great thing about never not funny is we're successful enough to make a living but unsuccessful enough to hate everyone who is successful on the internet oh, yeah. it's uh, although when you hear with of them being the most successful like you understand more and more why Rhett and link want to distance themselves from being internet famous you know yeah like mm. It's a, no, it, we're actually putting content out. We're not just opening up boxes. It's a, yeah, it's <laughs> well, a, it's his a parents. Uh, his mom is a chemistry teacher, and his dad is a structural engineer. Hmm. So these are not dumb people. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, they're it's, not. You know, it's, do you think he designed the house to hold the money? Do you think he did that? <laughs> <laughs> At this point, that house is probably made of money. That does that, but you know my point about Joe. <laughs> yeah. He's no, he's uh, he's working on that uh, swimming pool full of gold coins that Scrooge McDuck oh, has. <laughs> God, there's no question that kid's going to be out there. He's going to drown. And man, by the way, imagine the push that kid's going to drown in when he gets older. <laughs> Holy smokes! What do you mean when he's older? <laughs> you know, he gets it at nine. He's the oh, no. he's the brother on. Uh, he's the most fucking it's the richest YouTuber in the world. <laughs> Oh, which I can't think of the movie. Better Off Dead. Uh, remember the brother on Better Off Dead in the robe with all the chicks? He's that guy? Yes. Um, hey, Matt, I know you have some mail, but first I want to talk to uh, Garen. Garen, I, on the last show, I think it was, I mentioned that I was uh, on the I-5 and there was about 50 cop cars going by and three helicopters and it was uh, very odd. Uh, you tell me that maybe you have some information on that. Yeah, I got a, a DM. Someone slid into my DMs. Oh, is that right? Gave me some info. What do you got? Uh, and why Charlie wouldn't they Lima. DM me directly? It was my story. <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe they think it's uh, it's safer to just blow <laughs> to up go my to you. DMs. That makes sense. Uh, Charlie Lima told he said, um, in case Jimmy's looking for some closure, the large police fire presence on the highway the other day was likely a line of duty funeral pr- procession for a CHP officer who died in a car accident in late November. Oh, oh wow. Boy. The fire engines on overpasses are typical of that sort of thing. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Hashtag, right. the more you know. That, you know what? Thank you for that information. That's good information. That's it was, uh, uh, again, it was, uh, uh, wow. <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, I, uh, and this is becoming a recurring theme. I did not sleep a lot last night. Uh, my, oh, no shoulder was uh, giving me some trouble uh and so any any move any way that i rolled over in bed woke me back up so um a little sleepy that's my point yeah. a little sleepy yeah okay in the mcleod episode that i watched last night i'll be honest with you it was my least favorite of all the mcleods i've watched so far it was not a good mcleod and that was a bummer <laughs> damn it mcleod yeah make I, a better I, episode I, that's McLeod. what everybody right you're doing that from uh, mystery science theater that uh what <laughs> Oh, I, do you remember McLeod or you? Because most people remember only know it from Mystery Science Theater. I think I, uh, I, I think I, I don't remember the show. I maybe I. McLeod's maybe. got a mustache and a cowboy hat and a fuzzy jacket. Yeah, Dennis Weaver. Dennis Weaver. Yeah, but I most people McLeod, yeah, barely. The, the reason I bring it up, Elliot, is Matt did the line that apparently Mystery mm-hmm. Science Theater does all the time. And so when oh. I mentioned McLeod, Oliver just goes McLeod, <laughs> and <Yeah>. then <laughs> other people when I've mentioned it, uh, damn it, McLeod. So that's yeah, uh, I think that's just probably kicking around my head because of MSC three K. Yeah, nice. It um, uh, it's it, it it's a good show. It uh, I've tried I tried McMillan and Wife. I tried Banachek. 
I've tried some others and I've landed on McLeod. So I'm going to watch that, uh, see that through. That's my newest of the, my comfort shows at night. I have to, every time you have a new show like this, I have to come back to this. Why won't you give Magnum P.I. a chance? Hey, that's a yeah. great question. Why won't I? I, you know it's what I like think it is? I, it's like you're doing it to spite me because you know that I'm, I've, I've continually recommended it to you. I know you would like it. I, here, here's the thing, and, and I'm gonna, uh, and, and this is going to, uh, uh, I'm gonna both sides this because it's not gonna make sense. Because remember when I went through the, the very first time I ever did this is when I sat on my on my couch eating grapes watching the entire series of uh, Miami Vice. Remember that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was that era. And that was the start of this. Uh, I, mean, I was binging before people were binging is what I'm trying to get. At. <laughs> and um, uh, here's the problem, Matt. I think the problem is I don't have any connection really to 80s uh, television. I really, other than maybe family ties, I don't have any connection to 80s mm-hmm. television. Whereas the 70s is a comfort thing for me sure. growing up, uh, so on and so forth, and, and right. watching those shows. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I have no connection to it. And so it would be... I don't know if it would if it would be that like I said I, I, these are my comfort shows to, that night mm-hmm. before right before I go to bed. Yeah. I don't know if it would provide that, but you know what? You bring up a great point. It's at least worth. I tried McMillan and wife. It, <laughs> yeah, it's worth yeah. Trying. gone that far. I mean, when did when did Magnum start? Like eighty or eighty one or something? Like it's well, it's here, almost a seventy show. Magnum. I think I feel like Magnum is the last of the kind of shows that you're talking about, Jimmy. It was the first eighties one and the last of those because the first couple of episodes, the theme music was like a seventies. Yeah. Private Eye show, and then they move to the down, 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 uh, Sundays with Columbo, McLeod, oh. and McMillan, a wife. Wow, oh. it would rotate Weird. it. So three would be you know one 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 a month, and then that mm-hmm. would be. A season. That's interesting. So I didn't know that. Well, so I movies? will be ready for my uh, Magnum soon. Yes, Garen. They were movies, like Columbo was, right? That's they exactly were... right. They were the Sunday okay. night movie or the Sunday night uh, mystery or whatever they would call mm. it. And wow. uh, so they were like an hour and a half long. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you're you're definitely part? right that like Ma- Magnum is a for me is a very nostalgic. Like I I loved that Stephen J. Cannell or however you said his name. The guy who produced, I think, that and A-Team and a lot of other silly shows in the 80s. Um, they're just junky but fun. And and uh, they all have the same kind of beats. Like, you know, there's always a, <clears throat> a car chase and a, and a fist fight somewhere in the episode. <laughs> it's like right. it's 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 comforting to me. But, it, yeah, I understand what you're saying is like you grew up on a different sort of flavor of of the, of hour long drama but 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 again but i loved miami vice um and that's so and miami vice is is out on its own i don't think there was ever a show like that before since honestly it's such an odd show um but very cool um but yeah magnum is much more standard but i i do feel like it it built on what the shows you like were doing the you know uh the columbos and the you know it's just a little more sexy and (laughs) <laughs> well, that's the thing. You like you like handsome men, and it's got a very handsome lead. I mean, like I do like, and I like and him. I, you I don't like the way he's shorts. trying to rip off uh, the senior citizen with the reverse mortgage, but otherwise, <laughs> yeah. I think he's terrific. <laughs> he's very. I mean, you, he's he's so charming and likable, especially in, on that show. And and uh, and you know, you got the exotic locations, and you got the beautiful women, and you got the 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 Ferrari. It's like Ferrari. everything about it is great, right? 
Yeah. Well, all right. I'll, I'll, again, McLeod's, uh, there's not a lot of McLeod's, so I'm going to... Uh, okay. Uh, I will. I, I promise you this. That will be my... I will at least attempt it. That okay. will be my next show that I attempt. And maybe I will watch 300 episodes, whatever they made, <laughs> or I'll watch one and a half. But... Yeah. It's also uh, weird that, that I feel like maybe, Elliot, you might remember better than me, but I feel like it started out kind of being more like about he was he and his friends had been in vietnam together and there was a little bit of more of like a seriousness to it and then it just kind of dispensed with that and it was like we're in hawaii let's have fun <laughs> like like yeah. f- fuck fuck vietnam like let's not and there were certain episodes that would every come once in a while like like once yeah. or twice a season yes there would be some flashback and then you'd right. see him in his navy uniform for some reason that didn't make sense and- <laughs> right yeah yeah all right well, you know, that's when I'll stop watching. As soon as it starts getting silly, I'm out. I will watch the seriousness. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I, of course, I went to Vietnam, and I have respect for Vietnam. I don't think that's a f- funny topic like apparently Magnum does. But uh, <laughs> I will, uh, you know, protect this country to the best of my abilities. Matt, we have mail? We do. It's, uh, it's a heavy one, guys. It, this oh, boy. Is, uh, you mean very emotional? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it, it, is it a, is it a naval uniform? It's yeah, it's like, it's like one of those special episodes of Magnum. Uh, all right, this is from I think it's from Eric Michaud. Let's find out. That's what it says on the like outside. from like from Walking Dead. Is that a, yeah. is that someone from Walking Dead? That's that's the that's the lady with the samurai swords. Oh, okay, Michaud. I think it's Michaud. Michonne. Michonne. There we go. Good God. By the way, while Matt's opening off. that, Jimmy, you are—we are both right about that Indigo Girls song. Uh, it's obviously about a drug analogy, but it's also like the needle on a meter. Ah, so. Oh. And what about the needle on the record? Is that playing to this at all? You got to put it on. Thank you. But you got to do what? Put put the record on. Put the needle on the record. Two different songs. Put the needle on the record. <laughs> put the needle on the record. Yeah. Yeah. Put the needle, the needle on, on the record. Okay, right. right. We've only been doing that joke on the entire nine years you've been on this program. I'm a. T- I know. Are you sleepy too, Garen? I, I, it's me. I'm always sleepy. That's true. <laughs> All right. This I like is not. Though. This is not going to be oh. visible to you guys. But this is this guy sent a, it included a card, not just a letter, right. but a card. And the outside of it, again, it's impossible to see but it says you're going skiing you're going we all know you're going to bang tonight (laughs) oh god uh dear jimmy matt elliot and garen thank you for having me on the show and happy holidays enclosed are four cans of delicious snacks from the website of one of the weakest amazing race teams of all time the beekman boys Uh, oh, oh, I know. Uh, you know, he texted me about this yesterday. I forgot. I already forgot, even though it was less than 24 hours ago, <clears throat> who this is from. I hope this finds you well in Baldwin Hills, Burbank Palms, and Michigan scratched out, Sherman Oak scratched out, Van Nuys. <laughs> 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 Y'all are the best. Always your friend, Chris Grace. He he texted me to say, oh. uh, I sent this thing to you, and it's I used my husband's uh, UPS account. That's wow. why it has a, someone else's name on it. It's, I don't know why that... It shocked me, even though it was should have been fresh in my mind. So refresh my memory: who the Beekman boys were? Who were the Beekmans? I don't remember the Beekman boys. I, I'm gonna have to pull up a uh, a, a photo, pic, a picture of them. Yeah, me like, too. It sounds familiar. Wait a minute! Did we hear the the, the male theme and I missed it? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't play it. But Garen, well, I I don't know if you can. Maybe I need to pull up a picture of them and put it on the screen. But uh, well, I could, I could do it. Can't I? The male is here. The mail is here. The mail is here. 
That's it. <laughs> I was trying to get a picture of the Beekman boys on my iPad, and that stopped the song. They were, uh, remember, they were they were goat farmers and life partners. I mean, that all sounds familiar. I just cannot picture them. Yeah, you know what? They're really. Uh, uh, oh, I can. Maybe I can picture. Maybe I'm thinking of the right guys. Wait, can I share think... my screen? Is that something I can do? No, no. I I'd rather you didn't. I'm, but if I'm, you have to, you can. No, I don't. I do not have to. In Does any way, that work form. at all? There they are. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to pull up this picture. It's probably the same one you did, just so that I can hold my iPad up and maybe get a full, um, a full size. What the hell, man? Like, Google, it, like, why is it so hard to just, when you search Google image search, then just, just make that picture are. full screen? Elliot, Elliot's got to be behind him. All uh, right, is that them? Yeah, there's Goats. the Beekmans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beekman huh. Farms. Anyway. This looks good, actually. <laughs> what do we got? Comfortable. What are the Beekmans providing us? <laughs> oh, no. Come on back, Elliot. <clears throat> <laughs> I did something very dumb, and I almost killed myself. All right, be careful. Uh, wait, there are a got? couple. Palms need you. Yeah. There's hope for me yet. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what did Garrett say? I missed what he said. He There's said, hope for me yet. No, but what did you say prior he, to that? He said, oh, that there are a couple. These guys are a couple. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. hope for you. These, yeah, if these two guys can find love, Garen, there's a shot for you. Garen, you just got to get some goats. I do remember this guy's hair being good. The one guy. Yeah, that guy's got beautiful head hair. Um, he's like a he's like an attractive Mark Cuban. Huh. That's unfair to both human beings. You think? I think it's unfair to Mark Cuban. Anyway, this is called. Uh, you're gonna hate this name, Jimmy. Uh, it's called goat poop. Okay. But listen to what it is. All but right. This is such a weird thing. Like I remember when I went to Alaska. There's just uh, there's just endless like it's elk shit ice cream or whatever. Like, well, <laughs> right. Why are people always trying? It's like yeah, we're kind of in the wilderness. Why are you trying to pretend we're eating animal right. crap? Anyway, uh, this is Belgian chocolate covered various things. So all of them are Belgian chocolate covered, but they include sea salt caramels, uh, roasted hazelnuts, toasted almonds, white chocolate sugar cookies maple malted milk balls and butterscotch pretzel poppers that sounds awesome oh my god these sound amazing so there's one of one for each of us in here all right well wonderful thank you chris grace friend of the show chris grace from the superstore where we uh, just learned last week is uh going off the air yeah very sad final season i uh did anybody see any new well this is a fair to our guest uh let's bring our guest into the mix and we could talk about superstore another time uh but it's it's a bummer it's a bummer it's a real bummer yeah and like i said the 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 most recent episode which is now two weeks old was to me so funny one of the one of the funniest episodes i think and so it's it's uh it bums me out that a funny show is not gonna be around anymore agreed let's agree to agree all right let's take a break uh coming up next gene bean baxter is going to join us uh radio hall of famer uh formerly of kevin and bean now has the podcast uh Allie and bean uh he's coming to us overseas he's over in the uk yeah. uh we've had some uk uh, uh fans uh, join us but this is the first uk guest i want to say that uh, joined us uh right huh first person from out of the country uh, uh yeah. we've had some maybe a canadian or two right i don't know well we had you mean via zoom or you mean in all of all time via zoom via zoom yeah. our first uh Wait, has April not been on yet in the Zoom? I forget. But she was, but she was in the U.S. when. Remember, she, did. she was in the U.S. Oh, yeah, she was at Karen that's right. House. That's right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Gene Bean Bash will be joining us in uh, just a second. Uh, so let's take a break. We'll be back with more right after this. 
Listen, I've been a broken record on Factor Meals. As I mentioned on the last episode, even my doctor knows that I eat the Factor Meals. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you're, you're actually not only reading the ads that go in the show, but you're advertising in doctor's offices for Factor now. That's exactly right. I'm the Muzak of Factor. <laughs> I'm going from- and I appreciate uh, it. I'm uh, more than happy to do it. Now, these things are ready in just two minutes. They've got over 35 different options to choose from every week. They've got the Calorie Smart Protein Plus- uh, various different meals. I uh, just this way this morning. I had to pick my meals for next week. You pick you pick a week in advance. Yep. And uh, you know what? I decided to give myself a little treat. I got the filet mignon. Yum. Which is uh, it's a little extra to get that. Right. And I'm allowing myself that maybe every six weeks or something. Get you know what? It's Why nice. not? Yeah. Treat yourself. You you've earned it, Jimmy. I have earned it. I'll tell you something. It is delicious. Yeah. I got to try that. Oh, I haven't had that one. They do a great job. I, uh, the other day I had the uh, what is it the. Uh, Spanish lime chicken or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. That was a spicy lime chicken, whatever that whatever that one is, yeah. was delicious. I love the shredded taco, chicken taco thing that mm-hmm. they do. Uh, again, I've not, I've not had a bad factor. Yeah, and I've said this before, like a lot of these things, because I get a lot of the like, uh, you know, low carb ones. And I find that that's great with, uh, if you want to get like a, a low carb tortilla and you, you can put it in there and make it into a, a wrap or a tortilla type situation or some uh, sweet potato chips and you kind of use like the queso, the chili queso, whatever. Mm. Uh, that's just, I, I like doing my own thing with it. You can sort of uh, use their, what they give you as a base and then uh, do what you want with the it. The factor is there for a base. You heard it from Matt Belknap. Now, head to factormeals.com slash part 050. Use code part 050. You're going to get 50% off. That's 50% off. Uh, we really wish I would have said zero there. Uh, that is code part 050 at factormeals.com slash part 050 to get 50% off. That's 50% off. F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash P-A-R-D-O 50 and use code part 050 to get 50% off. Factor. That's a good meal. Matt Belknap. I want you to spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter. Zip, zip. And find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Go to this exclusive web address. Web address. <laughs> to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Pardo. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash Pardo. ZipRecruiter is the way to go. Uh, look, you, you set your clocks forward. You, uh, you feel like there's more hours in the day. But if you're hiring, you, you don't have that kind of time. You get crunch time. ZipRecruiter fills those hours for you. No one wants to waste time with hiring. That doesn't sound fun. That's just like a, a, a chore that you have to get through. I've got need. other things to do. Right. Let me do my actual job instead of trying to find someone else to work if for If that me. jerk didn't quit, I wouldn't be doing right. this. I'd like to see Elliot hire someone as his like building managing manager assistant, assistant to the building manager. Somebody over at the familiar. Yeah, to deal with these broken chairs and all this. There's a, there's a wave of looting and rioting in that building. That, Something's gone. <laughs> well, you know why, right? Yeah, the manager. Yeah, manager. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, why he needs an assistant uh, who would take it seriously. Yeah. Uh, visit ZipRecruiter.com/slash/pardo to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com/slash/pardo to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the program, episode 2716. We are joined by... Now, listen, before the break, I mentioned he's our first international guest via Zoom. We've had international guests in the studio, but uh, via Zoom, he's our first... uh, He's coming to us from a different country. He's also in some sort of a pandemic, from what I understand, if I'm following the news correctly. Uh, But And then I mentioned that he's a uh, Hall of Fame broadcaster, and in the break, uh, he he alerted us that he's a two-time Hall of Famer. Uh, please welcome. Uh, listen, I, I mean this sincerely. Uh, there is, uh, I am a, I am a student of the game of broadcasting. I enjoy 
disc jockeys. I enjoy uh, personalities. And, and I mean this sincerely. This guy's one of the best. This guy, uh, Gene Bean Baxter, formerly the Kevin and Bean Show, now with the Alley and Bean Podcast, uh, Cup of Tea and a Chat, which is a delight if you are not listening to that, if you don't... Uh, uh, I'm not suggesting you stop paying us to listen to us if you pay for us uh, to listen to them because they're doing a Patreon model that looks a fuck a lot like our session. But uh, this guy's one of the, and, and I, I'm thrilled he's my friend, Gene Bean Baxter. Hello, Bean. Hello, Mr. Pardo. Hello, team. Great to be on Never Not Funny. Jimmy, I've been wanting to be a guest on your show as long as I've known you. And it's such a thrill that you finally invited me that you've already run out of all other celebrities and it's my time. Thank you. I, first of all, I'm not, I appreciate humor. You know that. I'm a fan of humor. I'm a to the game as i just said uh i have been asking you to come on this show for minimum 10 years that and is you true. that is not a fact that's 100 percent a fact why would you say that's not a fact i'm going to throw these headphones down i'm going to walk out in a tantrum it will be the shortest appearance that the guest has ever made on your show before um i don't know i just it, it's never happened until now so let's just uh, let's just be happy that we're together at this moment and let's just have a good time first of all you're the one that brought up the you've ever been on that's that's, 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 that's that's not uh you 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 were either living in seattle or in new orleans Correct. And you were very rarely in LA, very rarely in, in L.A. Boy, that's yes. a lot of R's and L's for my <laughs> mumble mouth. Uh, and I would always invite you to come on when you were in town. And you're like, yeah, sounds great. Sounds great. Sounds great. And then you're leaving the Kevin and Bean morning show and mm-hmm. you make the rounds to everybody. KABC, uh, sure. some boring guy on AM radio talks to you for 45 minutes. <laughs> I go, hey, can you come on to the program? Oh, I don't have time. I got to go talk to this dullard. So those are my words, not yours. Look, I'm very busy, and you're no Sam Rubin, Jimmy. Now, come on. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Um, Hey, Matt, completely off topic, but uh, what he just said made me think of it. We need to find the audio clip of George Pinocchio saying he's rattled to his core. So we can drop that in from time to time. Yeah. Because uh, while it's fun that we say it, it would be fun for George Pinocchio to actually say it. I'm a little concerned that that you've conflated. I don't know. Oh, no. I don't know that he actually said it. I think... I think I just said it about him, about oh, his, okay. about his, uh, the way he was acting, and uh, and we just laughed about it, and and just never stopped laughing. All right, about then it. hear me out. Let's find the drop of you saying it, <laughs> okay. and let's drop that in from time to time. That'll be easier to find. At least I have okay. access to that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Gene B. Baxter is here, as I mentioned. He's got the uh, just was listening to it on my uh, my walk this morning. Uh, Ali and Bean, a cup of tea and a chat, uh, where these two are basically. Uh, let's speaking of drop ins. I'm not a fan of the morning radio uh, bells and buzzers and all that bullshit. Mm. But these two, Gene, you do, you guys have a couple of drop-ins that make me laugh every single time. Give me the history of the little kid saying yay after something. Because, Matt, what happens yay! is... Oh, there, there. Did you hear it? <laughs> yeah, I heard it. <laughs> um, you know, I am a collector of sound bites. And I'm telling you, I, I hear what you're saying about grabbing that bite from George Pinocchio. Once you go down that road, it will take over your life, Jimmy. Once <laughs> yep. you start hearing everything in sound bites, it is therefore impossible to just watch a TV show and not have somebody stand up and say something silly and go, oh my God, mark the tape. I got to grab that. And I, in the, in the almost a year that I was off the radio uh, before I started the podcast with Allie, I collected 1,200 sound bites. I didn't even have a show. <laughs> still, every day I was going in and pulling tape off of whatever I was listening to, podcasts or songs or TV or movies or whatever, and cutting them up and just stacking them and ready in case I ever needed them again. You become obsessed with them. And I wish I, I, wish I had a better filing system to keep track of where they all came from. The yay kids, 
kind of sound like they might have come from a Simpsons episode. Oh, but yeah, I, okay. I couldn't swear to it, but it is certainly one of my favorites. Uh, I mean, the kids just, their enthusiasm is just so infectious and they just make everything funny. <laughs> and but, you, uh, uh, you do, you also, you always drop it in after something that may not be all that funny too, which is funny to me. <laughs> Yay! And I know what you're saying. You know, it's so funny because uh, for folks who don't know, uh, Jimmy made reference to the Kevin and Bean show that I was on at K-Rock Los Angeles, a station uh, for 30 years, my friend Kevin and I did a radio show there. And when we were hired, we were the anti-morning zoo. That's partly why we were hired. K-Rock, if you remember back in the 80s, guys, was a, the hippest station in America. Yeah, I yeah. mean, no no one was cooler than, than K-Rock with the music and the personalities. It was just so left field. And the last thing they wanted to do was bring in another Rick D's clone. They were looking for somebody who was going to break that mold and do something else. So it was kind of a weird thing that we ended up parodying morning zoos. And in some ways, if you don't know the show, you right. would tune in and go, those guys are morning zoo guys because they've got the bells, you know, they got... And they got the horns, rah, rah. And they might think, oh, who are these a-holes, right? But in reality, we were doing all that to kind of make fun of those shows. Yeah. And then we kind of turned into that show. <laughs> so it was very weird. And the sound bites just were part of that and always became a very, very big. And we hear from so, heard from so many listeners back then how much they enjoyed sound. You know, they just loved hearing the little drops and stuff that we played. It just kind of became a big part of their program. I love it too. You know, and, and, and you and I have spoken about both of our loves of, of Steve Dahl and, and Gary Meyer. Mm. And, you know, Steve and Gary would open their show each day with various sound bites from television shows, news reports, movies, and then go into the show. And, and so uh, when you guys did it, too, and I'm not suggesting that it that it's uh, that you stole it from Stephen Gary, but I'm just going to say it. You did because um, I heard them first. Um, but I, I loved when they did it. I love when you guys did it. I love that you do it now on the podcast. You know, we do our own version at the top of the show. Admittedly that I stole it from Stephen Gary, but we do our own with sound bites from our own show. Yeah, uh, because yeah. neither matter like I have the does, energy. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, right. Yeah, just like Dahl. Dahl does the same thing with the clips from his show. The, um, Steve Dahl was a tremendous influence on me. He's one of the greatest, probably probably one of the five greatest radio personalities in the country in the history of broadcasting. Uh, the uh, the falling in love with audio came from the Don Geronimo show. And I don't know if oh, you're, you're, I, and you're many years uh, flogging your comedy appearances, Jimmy, if you ever had to go on the Don Geronimo show or the Don and Mike show for many years in D.C. Uh, Don but, was on in Chicago for a little while. He was. Yeah, I worked for WLS. Yeah. yeah. So so uh, they were the morning show at a station that I was at back in the 80s in Washington, D.C. And I just fell in love with how their show was produced and kept that in the back of my mind. When I had the opportunity to host my own show, I said, well, I've got a I've got a template now. So, yeah, look, none of us are creating anything new. We're all standing on the shoulders of giants. And I'm happy to give those guys the credit. Um, I, I like the I like the folks that don't that like try to pretend like they were the first ones to do it. It's like you, you're not the first guy to use a soundbite, but um, we we uh, although that said, we are pioneers, but never not funny, and I will take all the credit on that. So uh, first podcast ever, Jimmy. You and I have not spoken because I can't get you to download WhatsApp, so we don't get to text like we used to when I was in America. By the way, uh, to, to Jimmy's team, why won't he download WhatsApp? He makes it sound like it's it's so difficult. Like it's I'm asking him to climb Everest. It really God, takes fifteen seconds chance, to download. There's a chance. He's you know downloaded it and he just can't get it to work or find no, it. No, you know, I'm, I'm always happy to be the I'm the old man that doesn't understand technology. I'm happy to play that role. But here is I, 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 I'm going I'm going to go into what I call my messages, my DMs to sound like a young man. Uh -huh. uh, here it is. OK, ready. This is Gene Bean Baxter. Uh, are you on WhatsApp? I am not on WhatsApp. I have never heard of it until now. Is it Bud Light based? That was my funny retort. Uh, Bean wrote, ha, 
<laughs> it's a free text and talk and video app with over two billion. And then he goes on, uh, and then he said, um, "You've gotten this far without it, so no worries. Just thought I'd ask. So you told me, don't bother with it." Well, I didn't want to. I, I would hope that you would have had the initiative to go. Wow, two billion people are using this. It's probably pretty useful. Maybe <laughs> but not one to half. It's it's so great for international conversations because it's free. That's Fine. the thing. Mm, like okay. it cost me money to text you on a on the regular iPhone, but okay. on the WhatsApp, free, free, free. All right. That, so uh, well, look, here's what I'm doing with you on the program. I'm going to what okay. I call the App Store. I maybe everybody's phone says this. <laughs> here's the thing. I, I, let me throw. First of all, if you're if you're both using iPhones, it shouldn't cost anything because you could just be using messages. You, if you're if you're texting each other's iCloud email address then it wouldn't cost you anything but let me throw this before you go any further we are in a situation for years now where all of us have iphones except elliot so he ruins our group chat with his green bubbles and so now i'm thinking let's all switch to whatsapp and then we can all be on a level playing field with our group chat well, I understand uh, that over two million people are using this thing. Billion. So mm-hmm. two billion. Oh, two billion. Even more yes. than I thought a second ago. Yeah. Uh, all right. So well, what's that? Elliot, Elliot has to be put down if he refuses to get an iPhone. <laughs> get with the 21st century here. Seriously. I, I, I will not join your cult. <laughs> I refuse. He's holding on to a BlackBerry. That's how far he will go to piss us off. Let me ask you a question. Uh, this is a very serious one. Uh, there's there's WhatsApp Messenger and there's WhatsApp Business. Which one do I want? Messenger. I think you want Messenger, yeah. What do you mean you think? You're like, I want to well, shut the fuck up about this thing. What do you mean you don't know which one I want? Because I've never heard of WhatsApp Business. That's all right. Yeah, you're I not just had WhatsApp. Are you, yeah. are you going to? You don't have to do it right now. I'm doing it immediately so that you'll get off my a, ass about it. You're doing a radio show here. You don't have to do it now. <laughs> Again, I, I learned from the, I learned from a Stephen Gary. I learned from a Kevin and Bean uh, uh-huh. to just uh, be in the moment and talk. Not everything okay. needs to be a skit or a bit. Let's be real. I remember Steve Dahl used to order food for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. And I, I uh, loved it. You subscribe to his podcast. You get the doll cast, right, Jimmy? Of course. Love him. I, I don't listen to it as much as I wish I had time for, but every time I do, I'm astonished at how good he is. Every yeah. single time. I, I don't disagree with you. And, and by the way, he's been doing it for 50 years, you know, and he's, he's still um, he's still the best in the game. He is. Uh, I don't disagree. And he, he was kind enough to do our uh, he did a live show for us in Chicago uh, where I made the mistake and bring up disco demolition. And uh, he got very uh, not really comedically mad. Because uh, it's that's turned racial on him, which I, I never knew about until he brought that up. And yeah, as a kid that grew up being part of Disco Sucks and all of that, uh, it was never that. And so to look at it with these new eyes of calling that a racial thing that he was against, you know, our like bullshit. No, that's fair. I totally get how that has changed on him over the years. What has it been like for you, Jimmy? I'm not going to go into interview mode. I promise it's your show. But what has it been like for you as a working comedian who's used to being on the road one or two weekends a month? What's this last uh, pandemic year been like for you? Has it been awful? The, the best ever. Not going to an airport <laughs> is the greatest. Don't, uh, don't you miss it, though? Of Aren't course you an entertainer I do. I, and you miss I, your audience? I miss, uh, yes, 100%. You know, the live Never Not Funnies, Podcastathon Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't able to do that. And, of course, going out and, and, and seeing the fans and everything across the country. Yes, it's... Uh, uh, that part sucks, but I will admit that I really, uh, as I say, I, I like this idea of a snow day that we don't have to really do anything in life. We're kind of, you know, all kind of treading water until we figure this back out and then we go back into traffic. Um, so it's been, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I missed, I guess, long-windedly, I missed that part of it, Bean, but otherwise, 
Uh, obviously, the pandemic sucks. I wish we weren't in this. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure. going, this is the best. Yay, the kids. <laughs> Stay on target. Stay on target. Oh, wrong button. Sorry. Um, you, uh, you still do your flappers from time to time, so at least you get to scratch that itch a little bit. Would you ever do, like you were talking to your friend uh, Taylor Goldsmith last week from Dawes about his drive-in show that he did. Yes. Would you ever be a comedian who, one of those, uh, chappelle it up and go out there and do it like that? I th- I do so much crowd work that I don't think I can. I don't think, oh, uh, yeah. I, I think it would be, you know, hey, Dotson, what's going on? Dotson, I picked a car that hasn't been around in 50 years. <laughs> hey, Edsel, what's your story? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I, you know, I, like Nate Bargatze, I think, is in Orange County this week, as a matter of fact. And, mm-hmm. I, and Nate's mm-hmm. one of the best working today, in my opinion. Yeah, he's But great. he's a guy that can go up on stage and he does his act. And it's going to happen whether he hears them laugh or not. Jimmy Pardo needs to chase the laugh and hear it. And if I don't, I go into a meltdown. So yeah, I don't know if room. I can. You need the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. I got it. I was thinking about you um, yesterday. I'm so impressed with stand-up comedians. It's a, it's such a rare skill that so few people have. And even the people who are stand-up comedians, those that can do it well, the Seinfelds of the world are just so unbelievably exceptional. How do you know, Jimmy, when you come up with a joke that it hasn't been told before. Like oh, yeah. I was out, I was out walking my dog yesterday and he made a deposit and I'm cleaning it up. And I was thinking how crazy it must be in my dog's eyes from his perspective. What is this insane person doing? Who's bagging my shit right now. <laughs> right. And I was thinking how funny it would be to think of that from the perspective of a dog. And I thought, you know what, if I were a stand-up comedian, I'd jot that down and think maybe there's a joke there. And then I thought in all the years that people have been standing on stage, mining their own life, that joke has to have been told a thousand times. hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think, but how do you know? Even you don't if, know. If the, you, you think you've just come up with that, but you're putting it out there and all that, especially these days in the world of oh, the internet, somebody's going to get in contact with you in 15 seconds ago. Oh, you stole my joke from 82, you know? Uh, and that happens. And somebody will say, hey, I did that joke on Caroline's Comedy Hour. Here's a, a, a hell, I've been that guy. Hey, I enjoyed that when I did it, you know, on, on Conan back in 2012 or whatever. Um but you know what? Everybody, unless it's verbatim, I mean, I, th- I think it's everybody has their own, you know, somebody could do a great bit about flying on an airplane and uh, other, you know, so many people call that hackneyed. Oh, it's an airplane bit. It's this, that's like, yeah, but it's a great bit about being on an airplane. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think if you have your own uh, take on it, uh, why not? It's just a risk. It's just an occupational hazard. It's I a guess, risk. A it's a hazard. Yeah. Well, we've, we've also <laughs> talked a couple of times about how, um, like you had a bit about an escalator breaking down and then you yes. saw Mitch Hedberg's version of it and you were like, okay, I'll stop doing mine. Cause that is he, he, no one's going to do it better than what, how, what he did with it. Yeah. And mine was legit to be mine was, I was literally in a mall, uh, a shopping mall and the, and the power went out for, I, I'm not kidding. 1.1 second. It, it went out that, uh, that, that, that little amount of time and the escalator stopped working because the power was out. And these two old ladies are like, what do we do? <laughs> they went into a panic and I went, they're stairs, ladies, up or down. They work. And I was like, hey, I got a new bit. You know, that's real life. And I started doing it on stage and everybody's like, hey, you know, Mitch Hedberg has a joke like that. And then I heard Mitch Hedberg's and it was like, to Matt's point, I, mine was no, his was better than mine. Uh, every single word in his was better than my version. So uh, you just drop it. You know, that's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And that's, uh, again, the beauty of your crowd work is that you know that that's going to be different in the moment. And, and yeah. somebody hasn't said that same thing, that same person ever. So uh, that's pretty cool. You'd hope. Although I, I have had the times where you'll say to the guy, uh, hey, what's going on, Night Ranger? Hey, that's what Todd Barry called me last week. <laughs> okay, great. Really? The same fucking 80s metal band? Great. <laughs> Take the hand. Uh, all right. Gene Bean Baxter is here. We're thrilled that he's joining us. He's got the new podcast, Alley and Bean. Uh, a cup of tea and a chat, which I, again, I'm very much enjoying. Is that a terrible name, Jimmy? You're an expert in this field. You're, you're Mr. Podcast. Well, as name? I've said over and over, I wish that we didn't go with Never Not Funny because of the reviews and such. But uh, <laughs> I do like Cupatina Chat because uh, you're in the UK and she's here and it, it gives an international flavor to it. Matt Belknap, your thoughts? I love it. I, I, I like it, It's nice because it's got... Allie and Bean is very catchy. Uh, if you know the K-Rock show, you you recognize the names. And if you don't, it's still a catchy little duo. And then you've got the Cup of Tina chat that just gives it a little more. Uh, oh, OK. So I, I I see that maybe this is going to have some continental flavor. Not, you know. Hey, Inter- Bean. Yeah, international flavor. Yes. Jimmy. Yeah. I was going to say, do do me a favor, because I know the answer here. For Matt and Elliot and Garen's sake, uh, do you remember any of the other choices that you had uh, before you settled on Cup of Tina chat? That uh, um, did not win the vote. It's interesting you say that because in this case, no. And I'll tell you where a cup of tea, I'll tell you where a cup of tea in a chat came from because I just pulled up the soundbite for you. You guys love soundbites. I was watching a documentary. By the way, British television is astonishing, Jimmy. I don't know how much time you've played Europe, but British television is amazing. You yeah. cannot believe how bizarre it is. Every night you tune in and there's documentaries from like the 40s and the 50s and the 60s about the most inane things you've ever seen. Like, and today we're going uh, we're going on a journey with flower harvesters in Cornwall. <laughs> this is the harvest of 1941. What's it going to be like? And you're like, how is this still in rotation? <laughs> playing this in 2020. So I was actually watching a documentary about uh, one of the markets, uh, one of the what, places in London where people go and they buy their fruits and their vegetables and people bring in ducks and things like that. And they were doing this documentary. It was from the 1950s. And here's the clip that they actually played in the documentary. And a light bulb went off over my head and I said oh my god that's the podcast some people believe in getting right down to it others prefer to start with a cup of tea and a chat the cheerful way and I heard a cup of tea and a chat and I said there's your podcast name and I never, never thought about it again never looked for another one and it just worked out perfectly for us Allie still I, hates it by the way all she, all she does is say what a terrible name it is well she's but, wrong well I think that like any look Look, when the Rolling Stones came up with their name, anybody could have walked in the room and said, that's a stupid name. But once you hear it 100 times, yeah. 200 times, all of a sudden it just sounds normal. And I think people are getting used to it now. Yeah. Yep. yeah well, again, we're, we're uh, 1,100 episodes into this, and I'm still not used to Never Not Funny. So, uh, But other people <laughs> have embraced it, and they love it. Yeah. yeah. Right, well, and, um, uh, speaking of drops, though, uh, I'm sorry, Bean, but I have to do this to you since you did it to yeah. us. Uh, since you mentioned documentaries, here's this. That's fantastic. We, uh, we've got a, a, amazing fans, and I, I know you guys have that, too, With uh, back in the Kevin and Bean days and now with the Alien Bean podcast where the fans make the great songs. The, mm-hmm. the drop is for you. Uh, I like the idea that we're having this. Uh, the man that just said uh, he, he found 1,200 audio sound bites while in a year that we're going to have a drop-in battle with him. <laughs> oh, oh, we lose that battle. We are not going to win. We lose it after uh, nine. No. Yeah. yeah. 
Speaking of documentaries, Jimmy, we've got a bunch of documentary channels over here, and I just read that they're debuting the Bee Gees documentary next week. Have you heard about this? I have. I think it's on HBO Max here, if, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, we don't get HBO here, so everything gets parceled out to other channels here, but I am so psyched for that. Yes. I honestly think that, yeah, it's funny, you brought up Disco Demolition earlier. That killed the Bee Gees career for a number of years, and I think the, B, the Bee Gees are <clears throat> some of the forgotten greatest singer-songwriters of all time, and I think it's about time for them to get their due while Barry Gibb is still alive. I 100% about this documentary. agree. Yeah, I... Uh uh, now, do you still get the previews of stuff like that? You, uh, being Gene Bean, Baxter, Hall of no. Famer, do they still send I'm, you a... They don't. No, 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 no. I, You know, they they scrub me. They don't still have Rolodexes, I don't think. But if they did, they would have pulled my card out and thrown it in the trash. <laughs> no, I don't get anything like that uh, uh, before. But, uh, you know, most of that good stuff does end up over here. I mean, I really do think we get the best of the American TV and the best of the British TV here. You know, when HBO liked The Undoing, I know you guys liked, I, I loved that. Um, you know, that comes over here on Sky Atlantic. Sometimes we get it a day later, but we're still getting the shows, so I'm happy about that. You know, I'm glad you brought up the undoing, uh, Bean, because uh, Matt, we, we did not uh, reveal our, our our opinion on the final episode because we thought mm -hmm. uh, let's not spoil it for those that haven't watched it yet. But I heard you and Allie talk about it at length uh, that you guys have uh, a differing opinion on that final episode. Uh, and as I said to Matt on the telephone, I enjoyed the entire journey of it. I thought that the scenes at the on the final episode were great, but I thought that payoff was freaking horrible. I hated how it ended i hated who the killer was matt belknap your thoughts i agree bean you want to contradict <laughs> us well am i allowed to ask a question in a way that may shade who the killer is are we far enough past the finale that yeah. it's okay to reveal jimmy's the jimmy's the the spoiler cop on this show so you're gonna have yeah to yeah i don't want to be careful here to that garen cockrell do you think we're far enough away from this uh the limited series i it's been over a week it's I have not seen a single episode and I want to watch it. All right, then let's, but I mean, I also, Elliot, I, where are you at? Uh, I didn't hear anything you just said. <laughs> oh, you took <laughs> the earbuds out. support you get from your team. No, I, 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 I pulled, I pulled my, I pulled my earbuds because I haven't seen the, the program okay. and I, Oh, I see. Okay. Very good. Okay. Well, uh, all, all right. right. So B, let's not, right. uh, let's not spoil. Okay. Here, uh, so here's my question then, if I can be as uh, vague as possible. Were you say you hated the way it ended? Is it because you were disappointed in who the murderer was? Yes. <laughs> at the same, at the same time, I kind of liked that it was that person. I know that's mm -hmm. a weird thing to say. I kind of liked that it ended up being that. But as a as a fan of, of the seventies detective shows, mm -hmm. the fa I, I, I okay, we can't say anything more. We're going to ruin it for people. Although I will tell you that Allie's theory was holding water for me right up until that last episode. She was convinced that the baby did it. Yeah, and I was I like, like that whoa, <laughs> that would have blown up my mind if the baby had done it. Right? The baby for folks who haven't seen the show is I don't know. 18 months old <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> to be able to pull that off as some sort of criminal mastermind <laughs> but sadly they, the writers didn't listen to Allie so that's not how it ended but yeah. I enjoyed the series and I'll tell you this uh this new career path that Hugh Grant is on man he's doing mm. some of the best work of his life I think. yes yeah he's great and uh not too bad on the eyes that that gentleman holy no, he's a good looking man Oh. Good command. Did I ever tell you, Jimmy, about the only time I ever accidentally swore on the Kevin and Bean show? No. Was it about Hugh Grant? Close. It was about your friend John Hamm. Yes. Oh. I was on the radio. I mean, the most handsome man in the world, right? Yes. Right. I was on that the was radio good too. <laughs> for, for 42 years. I was on the radio and I never swore, not one time. And then a couple of years ago, we had on some 
football documentary filmmaker who had done a special, I don't remember even, it was, might've been a history of the Super Bowls, had something that was interesting. And John Hamm was his narrator. And I'm talking to this guy and we're having a nice chat. And then he's like, yeah, we got John Hamm to narrate. And I'm like, oh my God, he's so fucking hot. <laughs> and I was like, whoops. I, like I couldn't even believe it came out of my mouth. It was just so stream of consciousness. Like in a million years, how do I not have that that permanent full-time filter that would prevent something like that happening just as a broadcast professional. Right. And I, I just couldn't even believe I said it. That was the one time in my wow. whole career that that happened. It was, I mean, I think it was very justifiable and I think I could defend it in court <laughs> yeah. as being so true. Yeah. It's just beyond hot. That's Is what someone would argue with you. Was there any talk of them taking away one of the Hall of Fame trophies because <laughs> <laughs> that's always my fear is they'll hear some dumb bit I do or some stupid joke I make and they'll come and just uh, take one away from me um is it distracting when you're friends with john ham jimmy just to not stare at him all the time how do you deal with that when you guys are at a ball game or something uh well well he's always on the aisle so the camera can catch him so i and i'm and i'm paying attention to the game so luckily there's that um it's it's hard being it's hard it's gotta be it's, gotta it's hard be. yeah i mean he's a good looking man and so great at comedy too by the way i wish people would cast him in more funny movies he's hilarious 100 percent agree with you um yeah by the way we watched a movie last night oliver uh, and i uh we watched a movie that came out i want to say in 2011 or 2012 called merry friggin christmas anybody remember this no no S starring uh joel McHale, lauren graham robin williams sybil no uh, uh candace bergen uh and uh, there's one more tim heidecker Oh, Why uh, don't I remember this movie? Was it like a Hallmark Christmas Channel movie or something? Or was you know it a higher profile than that? Gene, I announced, we watched the entire thing and I said, and, and we kind of all shrugged at it. And I said, that was like a Hallmark movie with famous people. Like that's okay. what, it, that's really how it felt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because um, it, uh, it was a bummer. The, the trailer <laughs> made it look good, but it was not good. I just saw one the other day. I love Christmas movies, and we got a bunch of channels here that play nothing but Christmas movies. And there was one called um, Loving the Coopers that has now been renamed Christmas with the Coopers. Have you guys heard about that? No, but no. I'm writing it down. Oh, my gosh. It was really funny. I'm going to tell you who this cast is here in a second. I'm actually looking it up right now. When you come across something that has a ton of famous people in it, you wonder, how did you miss it? Diane Keaton, John Goodman, uh, Ed Helms, also in the movie. Very, very funny in the movie. Um, hang on, I'm refreshing here. Uh, really, this is a good tip. Um, John Goodman, Ed Helms, uh, Alex Borstein, Timothy uh, Chalamet. Wow. Uh, Alan Arkin, uh, Marissa Tomei, Olivia Wilde. Oh I God. mean, all of these are stars, right? Yeah. Yes. It was good. It was good. It was a good movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you know, it's something I'd never come across before, but it's on one of the 24-7 Christmas channels. I checked it out. It was really, really fun. It kind of reminded me of like the Family Stone. It's just one of those movies mm -hmm. that where it's, it's kind of centered around all the family has to get back together for the holidays and there's all these tensions and people are disappointing and stuff like that. I thought it was very clever. So that's my uh, that's my pick of the week for you. All right, thank you. That's uh, Gene Bean Basher's pick of the Christmas movie pick of the week. Uh, <laughs> my, my beautiful wife, Danielle Bean, uh, actually does have the theory that if it's got that many famous people and you haven't heard of it, there's no way it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she bailed on uh, freaking Christmas seconds into it. <laughs> but Oliver and I stuck it through. And uh, oh, Oliver Platt is also in it. OK, that, I mean, there's a lot of and anyway, we watched that last night. That's the whole point uh, being. Uh, and then we're going to go around the horn. We got Oliver's uh, question. But you and I have a love you much more than I do. But I do also have a love of Christmas music. Mm. And you uh, were uh, talking on the podcast recently that you have uh, 
the problem here is we have Sirius XM and there's, I think, three Christmas channels at the moment. And but one of them plays nothing but old Christmas music and one plays yeah. nothing but contemporary Christmas music. And then mm-hmm. you got the country Christmas as well. Mm-hmm. None of them do all of it. Right. And I want I do want to hear Ariana Grande mixed with being uh, being Crosby with do they know it's Christmas um, and nobody's doing that. Is there anything like that over there in the U.K.? We uh, no. I'm going to say no. I think they I think they uh, they partition it off for formats the same way. You know, there's a classical Christmas. Like you said, there's a country Christmas. There's a pop Christmas. There's a crooner Christmas. They do. I just did an interview with a, uh, a guy who runs Christmas FM in Ireland. And I think it's one of the best Christmas stations I've ever heard, Jimmy. And they do stream worldwide. If you want to check that out, you can you know listen to it on your phone or whatever. Christmas.fm in Dublin. And they're a seasonal station. They only sign on for 30 days every year. And they raise money for charity. It's a commercial free station and all, they do it to raise money for charity. They've raised over two and a half million euros for charity since they first started doing this back in 2008. And it's such a fun station. I mean, it really just sounds like an all, you know, firing on all cylinders hit radio station. But the music is really, really good. And I even said in the interview with the guy, I'm like, it's just so refreshing to listen to a station like this that isn't playing the same 30 songs over and over and over again. Right. You know, Christmas is just around the corner by Barry Manilow. That's the type of song they play. Christmas Tree Farm by Taylor Swift. That's the type of song they play, which are really good Christmas songs. You just never hear many wells. My dream is to own and run and work on a Christmas uh, 24-7 radio station year round. I never get tired of Christmas music. Your your uh, your people here will be stunned to hear this, but I have almost 5,000 Christmas songs on my iPhone at all times. <laughs> my God. <laughs> I'm walking around with this phone with 5,000 Christmas songs, and I'm adding to it all the time because that's how much I love holiday music. It's my favorite. If you and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put my I'm gonna put my foot in the door before it closes here. If you start that channel, can I get a shift? I'd like a shift on that. <laughs> you would enjoy that. I, I would love, love I would love Playing to be Christmas music. Yes, 20, yeah. 365 days a year. Yes. I'd love it. Being, I'll do middays whenever you need me. <laughs> Bean, what you don't what you yeah. don't know though is is at the start of for the last three weeks maybe, when we start the Zoom before we start our show. Yes. Uh I, I start the Zoom and then Jimmy uh, lo- logs in and it's he's not in his chair. It's just all I see is his home office and uh-huh. he's got his record player going and it's some Christmas song and he just puts the microphone up to the speaker. So every time we tune in, it's like we just get a little hit of, of Christmas cheer uh, right out of the gate, which is fun. Jimmy, I know you've been investing in vinyl a lot lately. Did you pick up the Casey Musgraves Christmas album? I did not, but uh, I I very possibly will based on this conversation and just your one sentence of asking. Oh, and see the special too. She made a special. I don't know where, I think maybe Apple's got it. I'm not sure. Maybe Netflix, but she made a terrific uh, old style variety type, you know, Hollywood special uh, with some special guests on it. And she's just delightful, Casey Musgraves. Can I just Isn't say this to my so staff great. here, Elliot and Garen? Why can't you guys bring suggestions like this into me? <laughs> this is The guy's been here for literally 40 minutes and I've already got a movie, a, a radio station and an album to buy and a TV special. Four freaking things. <laughs> for, for the record. Not, they're not 60, Jimmy. That's why. Because <laughs> All right, they don't care about any of this what? stuff that you and I are into. That's why. I, I want I want to go on the record as saying that I had suggested that maybe it'd be a good idea if we uh, synced up the television shows or movies that we were we were watching, and I was told without without any hesitation, no, we are not going to do that. <laughs> but, but, but because of this very point, Elliot, 
we, we don't want to sync it up. I want you to come in and go, hey, you know what I watched? The Casey Musgraves Christmas special. You should watch that. Oh, thank you, Elliot. Here's what I watched, this movie. There's conversation. If we all watch the same thing, uh, hey, did you watch that? Yeah, I watched it. What'd you think? I thought it was okay. What'd you think? I liked it. Okay. Hey, what else did you guys do over the weekend? There's nothing to talk about. Are you guys uh, watching Mank? Anyone watching Mank on Netflix right I now? Haven't. I, I think I you're mispronouncing Mank. Schwartz had been tweeted about it. What's that? Uh, sorry. I'm sorry. Say again, Matt. That, that was Elliot. What did you say, yeah, Elliot? That was me. I was just saying a uh, friend of the show, Ben Schwartz, has been tweeting about the, the Mank the uh, Mank program. Uh, how about you, Jimmy? Have you seen it? I have not. Is it is it in black and white? Yes. Is that a uh, deal breaker? Then I'm, <laughs> it's not a deal breaker, no. But I have to, I'm familiar with the project, um, but I have not seen a second of it. But I hear is it great is it as great as the tweets suggest? Um, it is different from anything else you've ever seen. The great director David Fincher is behind it, and it is the story of the man who wrote Citizen Kane and had it stolen essentially from him by Orson Welles. And it's re and Gary Oldman obviously is great in everything he does. And right. it's just fantastic. It's just so good and so deep and so layered. The more you know about old Hollywood history, the more you will, you will enjoy it. But even if you don't, uh, I think you'll still really watch it. It's just beautifully done. And uh, and this guy is the is the grandfather of Ben Mankiewicz from you know from uh, Turner Classic Movies and Josh Mankiewicz from Dateline NBC. It's his grandfather who won the Oscar for writing Citizen Kane. But yeah, it's it's a special piece of uh, programming, and it's oh, uh, completely different from anything else that's out there right now. You got to kind of be in the mood for it. <laughs> you know, it's not a light fluffy friday night holiday movie it's a little deeper than that but i, I write that down on your list there jimmy i think you'd enjoy that as well okay uh, elliot garrett homework here <laughs> uh, the, jimmy the problem is i've i've watched a few things but i i don't i've realized over the years that if i watch something and i don't like it there's really no point in bringing it up because i just sound like a, a grump like there's no uh, what you want you want to hear about the new Kristen stewart christmas movie it sucks okay oh, that, no, it, <laughs> it looks horrible man yeah uh watch that but but it's like uh, what, what do we get what do we get out of that just uh i, I sound like a snob i guess so it's just not <laughs> not worth it did Matt, you, you didn't like the Kristen stewart you didn't like the the uh, happy season I, I didn't did you watch it yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I don't. You also like the end of the Undoing. You, your opinion does not count. <laughs> okay, maybe that's true. I mean, again, it was you know for the holiday. I just feel like you grade on a curve. If it's a holiday movie, how Christmassy is it, and how fun is it this time of year to have it on? Yeah. You're not looking to to watch the happiest season because you think you're going to add something new to your top ten favorite movies of all time. Right? No, it's I know. Light. It's light entertainment for the holidays, and I thought there were some good performances in it. I I agree with that. You glad I brought it up now, Matt? Uh, no, no, but I just, it's this for people who don't know. It's a, it's about a, a couple, a, a lesbian couple. They're going back to one of their families for, for Christmas. And on the way, uh, the one says the one whose family it is says, Hey, remember when I told you that I came out to my parents and told them we were a couple, I actually didn't do that. And now you're walking into a Christmas where everyone, they don't, they think I'm straight. And I told them you're just my roommate. And so it's just one of those stories where you're like so frustrated the whole time. You're like, this is so stupid. And I, you know, I'm sure this happens a lot in, in life, but it's just an, it's such an aggravating circumstance to have to sit through. Right. And, yeah, and, well, and the whole time I was just electric on screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the other thing. By the way, Kristen Stewart is like she is she is like a, a, a like a magnet of charisma compared to the other woman in the movie. Really? Who is just like, <laughs> I cannot believe what a black hole of, of energy <laughs> she is. I, I honestly like it was it was painful. Like it made me like Kristen Stewart more because I was like, please let me 
just go let, let me let's focus on her a little more and and then aubrey plaza's in it for like three scenes i'm like let's just have the whole movie about kristen stewart and aubrey plaza because that at least has some something going to it aubrey was the best part of the whole thing you're ab- and you're yeah. absolutely right you you did find it hard to root for the primary relationship because yes. they had no chemistry together <laughs> right exactly you're a- you're absolutely right hey guess what i just did jimmy pardo i i don't know I just looked up to see how many sound bites I have that you were on that I saved in my system from the Kevin and Bean show. Really? Would you be interested in hearing any of those? Well, hang on. How many? I'm going to say you have four. Um, it looks to me like I have about 15. 15. Wow. Uh, Pieces of audio that have Jimmy Pardo's name on them. Well, let's not what... spoil them all. Let's uh, let's hear a couple of them. And then uh, the next time you're on, we'll uh, drop out a few more. All right, here's this one. Hello, everybody, indeed. Welcome back to the program. Boy, boy, I had a tough time. Welcome back, program. Program back. Hard let me take a break and take the program back. What an awful... I talk for a living, and I managed to mangle that entire f***ing sentence. Welcome back to program comedy coming. I love, I love, not only is it a drop, but that you had to go to the trouble of bleeping it in order to have it available. Well, the old radio days. Yeah. And I think I might've heard that on one of the podcasts that I thought, oh, that's, that's good for the opening show montage. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. I put you with that. Very flattering. All right. All right. Here's another one. Jimmy Pardo. Hang him up. Hang 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 it 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 up. And I actually, I used to use that on the Kevin and Bean show when we were talking to a caller and Kevin like would keep going and I was like, we got to get out of this. I'd play that drop to get him to try to hang up the phone. Matt, do you remember what that's from? I, I, my guess would be that Elliot said something stupid and you were basically saying just to like cut off, basically cut him off. But I don't know. Like that. No, I, I, I suspect it was, it was from one of our, one of our shows where we had callers call. Yeah, me too. Well, that's what it would seem like. But I, 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 there's definitely been multiple occasions. Uh, maybe what I'm thinking of is when you're like, uh, when you were just like, Turn off his mic. <laughs> like, yes. just like, shut, it, shut it off. Shut it. Shut it. Shut, yeah, shut but it. Be, but this is very be. clearly hang it up. Mm-hmm. Hang it up. <laughs> do you do callers very often anymore, guys? Um, well, we do we these live streams monthly now with our like, mm-hmm. paid subscribers that are kind of like call-in shows because we talk to everybody. But yeah, we haven't done a like actual here's the phone number call, you know, call in. We haven't done that since the pandemic, really. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, we're still new in our show. You guys are at 2400 or something like that. We're like at episode 25 or something. <laughs> so we're still kind of getting the mechanics of it. And this most recent episode was the first one that we actually put out a call and said, hey, we're going to be looking for a contestant. If you'd like to be if you're going to be available this time, hit us back. And we were and it was kind of cool. It was kind of neat to be able to have include a listener in the show. But I just wondered if uh, if it's worth it. <laughs> if well, you guys think it's worth it. Well, I, I think it's worth it because I think it's a lot of fun. And, and especially back when we were all in the studio together and yeah. you take the call and you're able to kind of, you, you, you've got the chemistry in the room and that guy's off on an island. And so you're together and they're separate. But now it, he would just be joining this mess. Yeah. <laughs> or, or she. It that was a lady the, calling. The, honestly, that are you, was. Um, that are was, you going to let people get back uh, back in a room together with you, Jimmy, when this is all over? Or are you going to go, nope, I'm, um, I'm isolated for life? I've been pushing for it uh, since, uh, I'll say it, the second week in March. I thought one, <laughs> one week of us away was enough. Um, but no, I, I, I would like to be with people again. I would like to be. Uh, you miss it, yeah. I All do. Right, let, me play, uh, let me play one more Jimmy Pardo drop, and I will right, take your go. advice, and I will save the rest in case there ever is a second invitation, and I will play <laughs> some more. I don't remember where this one came from, but I saved this for whatever reason. Go ahead. 
Go ahead. Hello. Go ahead. Hello. Speak. Go ahead. Hello. Go ahead. You're on with Daddy. Okay, that's that's why I saved that one. I guess. So now we know. That's what happens when you take callers. <laughs> I uh, speak. Speak. Well, they have no patience at all. You know, Oliver listens. Daddy, that, I love. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's the clip of uh, of the the one gentleman who uh, called in and was. Uh, uh, we had a bad connection with him, and we were uh, we were pairing up to play a game. And we had all had our partners except for Matt. And this guy was a little bit of a slowpoke. And Matt said, oh, don't make me play with this slowpoke. And it made me laugh so hard that I fell on the ground laughing. Um, and Oliver literally watches that at least once a week because it tickles him so much. Uh, so how, how uh, old is uh, Oliver now, by the way? He is 13 years old. And what's that like to have an actual little man around the house now? <laughs> you know, he is uh, uh, he's the greatest. We are very. Oh, uh, by the way, I mean, being, maybe you don't know that he. Uh, uh, he's been talking and walking in his sleep lately. Oh, I did uh, not know that. Yeah, That's the other day, uh, scary. Well, Matt, do you remember what he said the other day when I went in there? Yeah, he said because uh, I told my family about it and they cracked up. It was they were huge fans of this story. But he came in. He's first. I think he said, uh, "Got the receipt." I uh, got the receipt, and then you said, what, "What do you get there?" And then you're like, uh, "No, no, I got the Netflix. I got the Netflix." <laughs> oh, that you got the Netflix. I got it. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so last night I went in there. So Matt, you just repeat what I say and I'll be him and you just repeat it. Okay. Okay. So I go in and I say, good night, son. I give him a kiss. And then he goes, uh, Oh, oh. phone people, uh, phone people. Okay. Phone people. <laughs> <laughs> I just sleep. So, uh, and then when I asked him about it this morning, he's like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> but it, uh, it was last night was phone people and, uh, just wanted to confirm Phone people. Phone people. Phone people. We got confirmation. Well, He's about, the greatest, though, being. We're, I'm, that's uh, awesome. Danielle and I are very, very lucky. He's a. Uh, speaking of Oliver, let me give you guys your uh, topic for this week's Oliver's uh, trivia yes. question. Yes. Very excited about this. Uh, Matt, do we, have a, do we have a theme on this? We do. You know what? I, I feel like I've been playing a lot. We have two of them, uh, and, and we usually. I played. Uh, I'll play one that we don't play as much, this one. How I wish, wish Oliver was here. But he's stuck in his room writing trivia for Zoom to help his father's career. Thinks of a question and he writes it down. What have I found? His writing's not clear. Wish Oliver was here. Quickly now, Father needs you. <laughs> okay, there we go. The good thing about that is it's quick. Maybe that's why I don't play it as much. It's like 45 <laughs> minutes long. How long till he has his own podcast? You know, so often at that age, people want to follow in the footsteps of their parents, whatever occupation they have. Is that a possibility, Jimmy? I think that uh, Matt and Elliot and Garen are just counting the days until I no longer show up and he takes over. That, mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, we, we were Lon just... Cheney Jr. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Perfect. We were just talking before you joined us. Uh, I was very angry at that young boy, Ryan, who does the uh, opens up the toy boxes and such on uh, YouTube. And um, so he's going to be that good. I think I'm going to force him to go into show business uh, sure. at any given moment. Oh, the uh, bank that those kids are making with those unpacking videos is insane. If you could catch a hold of that, one of those comets, man. Jesus. Well, uh, apparently yeah. this kid, Ryan, made $46 million uh, dollars no, last 26, year. 26, 26. Oh, 26. 26. Oh, 26. Oh, only 26. Why is, why is he even bothering? <laughs> yeah, yeah right. I thought it was 46. The kid should quit, right? Dude? Gene Bean Baxter's with us. All right, here's your topic. 
uh, and again, you're betting anywhere between zero and twenty five, and um, you can win five dollars from the Jeremy Herbal Trivia Tin. Uh, officials, officials is the category. Officials, O F F I C I A L S. Officials. Jeez. What do you think that means? It's pretty vague. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it goes vague. Sometimes it goes way too specific. Sometimes uh, it gets clever. Officials. Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. We'll find out. I think it's going to be referee related. That's my guess. Does everybody have their bet <laughs> in? Be great. Yep. Yep. All right. Let me uh, write down. Let me read it here. Uh, here comes the question. Here comes the question. And again, uh, my son has horrible handwriting. Hmm. Uh, now, now, I be, now I bet you that uh, uh, Bean probably knows this from having been on radio here. Uh, maybe Elliot, you probably know this as well for uh, having grown up here. Garen, if you know us this. Up. That's what you're doing. You're setting us up now. Yeah, for, to, for to the look big failure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only an idiot would not know the answer to this question, says Jimmy Pardo. <laughs> yeah, you grew uh, up in Los Angeles. You don't know anything. I don't, under, I don't know if I even understand the question. Uh, what famous flyer is the official bird of Redondo Beach, California? Oh, dear God. What famous flyer? I'm ready Does that mean like Philadelphia thing. flyers? It's, is this hockey related? But... Well, that's what I thought until you got to the Redondo oh. Beach, California part. Yeah. What famous flyer is the official bird of Redondo Beach, California? Why would he call a bird a flyer? I mean, unless yeah. he just liked the alliteration of famous flyer. Uh, but it doesn't imply that guess. it's not a bird. I don't want to bird. talk it out too much. What did you say, Matt? It implies that it's not a real bird. That's, that's right. Well, that, right. Again, I don't think we should talk it out as much. Everybody write down their answer. Uh, just re- read the question one more time, please. I'm more than happy to do it. What famous flyer is the official bird of Redondo Beach, California? Redondo, of course, is down in Orange County, if I'm not mistaken. And I think they're uh, they're doing a great job following the mask rules. I think I think you are. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to say, I think are you, they not? Think, are they where are they at, Matt? I think that's Los Angeles County. Well, they're still doing a horrible job following the mask down there. <laughs> I think that's true. That is definitely true. Uh, of course, my wife and I always have the thing where we call that we just go beach people, right, honey? And they are uh, just like it's Huntington, though, really, where they're having the yeah, that's uh, Orange yeah, County, the, the demonstrations and stuff. Bean, what's it like over there? And we'll take a break, and then we'll go around the horn and get everybody's uh, answer and, and check in. But uh, having moved to the UK in, I want to say it was December of last year. You're almost there a year now. That's right. Uh, and right before the pandemic. Um, how is the UK handling this? Do you think better or worse? That well, you can't be worse than this, but right? Is it equal, bad, horrible, good? Um, it's in the ballpark. It's very close. I think. Um, I don't think we're handling it as poorly as America did. In only that, even though I think some mistakes have been made from number ten from the prime minister, I think at least they're trying. <laughs> right. You don't even have that in America. You don't even right. have a cohesive policy where people are actually trying to help. Yeah. So I do think you give them some points for effort. However, we have a lot of dumbasses here in the UK as well, who just like you're talking about Huntington Beach, I mean, every couple of weeks, there's a rally with 10,000 people down in Oxford Circus or Piccadilly Circus or someplace like that who are, you know, protesting wearing masks and they just don't get it. So we've got a lot of dummies. Um, We haven't had as serious restrictions here as you have had in California. I mean, Mm -hmm. first of all, in the UK, it's never been mandatory to wear a mask outdoors, for instance. We haven't had that. I think we've had a lot more things open for longer than you have. 
which is maybe why we haven't beat this thing yet, but we're coming out of it. I feel good. You know, first vaccines were given today here in the UK. We're the first country in the world to start, start as we call them jabs here. So we're all just really, really optimistic. I mean, the numbers are just staggering. I just, I weep when I see what's going on in some parts of America though. I mean, it really is just, it's unbelievable that it's gone on this long. It's so, so sad, Jimmy. I agree with you. And, uh, and, and just to, uh, uh, to get away from your sad talk, um, <laughs> your ability to um, incorporate the UK lingo is uh, you're way too comfortable with it, to be honest with you. I don't I don't, uh, you know, schedule and jab and a holiday. Stop it. You're there a year, you dickhead. Well, I am a British citizen. I don't know if you recall this thing. I, I, I was born that. here and I, this is the third oh. time I've lived in the UK. So I have been around the block a little bit here. So it does come more naturally to me than it would do a recent immigrant. All right. But I, cer- I certainly hear from my friends in America who are like, why don't you speak English like we do? Like, we invented it. It's a little Madonna-like, though. You go there and all of a sudden you incorporate into your everyday vernacular. I just got to start working on my accent, I guess. Yeah, I disagree, yeah, uh, Jimmy. I think it's bang on. <laughs> Thank you very much, Matt. Uh, all right, listen. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get everybody's answer. We'll check in with Garen and Elliot and find out what they did over the weekend. Uh, Matt, of course. Uh, uh, but as a reminder, what famous flyer is the official bird of Redondo Beach, California? We'll t- do all that and more right after this. Hey guys, Matt here with some dates for you. Gene Bean Baxter is on Twitter at Clyde Tombaugh. That's C-L-Y-D-E-T-O-M-B-A-U-G-H. And his podcast, Cup of Tea and a Chat, that's, uh, it's actually Allie and Bean, uh, Cup of Tea and a Chat, is available on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Allie and Bean, A-L-L-I-E-A-N-D-B-E-A-N. Check out the podcast. Uh, what can you say about uh, Bean? He's uh, a legend in, in broadcasting and radio, and uh, you know, Allie's great. They're, this is going to be a great podcast to listen to. I'm going to check it out myself. Uh, I'm running out of time to listen to all these podcasts because we keep having great guests who have great shows. So I'm listening to all of them, and you should too. So check them out uh, on Patreon and uh, definitely follow Gene Bean Baxter on Twitter. Jimmy Pardo's on Twitter too. He's uh, at Jimmy Pardo. He's got a Flappers date coming up December 18th. That is uh, in the Zoom room on flapperscomedy.com. Go there to get your tickets. Uh, he will be doing some uh, some storytelling, some crowd work in the Zoom room. Uh, it's a 7 p.m. show, I believe, Pacific time. So go to flapperscomedy.com for more on that. And then uh, right around the corner from now is uh, the new season of Jimmy's Records and Tapes, December 15th. Season 2 will premiere on our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash nevernotfunny. Uh, please subscribe to that channel so you can watch every episode and uh, click the bell for notifications so you know when the new ones are up. You can also see clips of Never Not Funny on that channel. Uh, so do that. And uh, finally, don't forget at podswag.com, you can pick up our new t-shirt, podswag.com slash Never Not Funny to get the shirt. And the, uh, look, I finally have the poster in front of me. Uh, you can look at it if you're on video. Uh, this is the Podcastathon 2020 poster. And uh, it's uh, got the great caricatures by Michael Muldoon. And uh, if you buy one from Podswag, you uh, are supporting Smile Train because proceeds do benefit Smile Train. So please pick up the podcast on 2020 poster. Uh, grab a T-shirt for someone you love it, who also loves Never Not Funny for the holiday season and enjoy. I'm going to tell you guys something, dear listener. When I started podcasting, you guys remember back in the days when tumbleweeds were across the podcasting desert? 
uh, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now I'm selling. But we, we got what? We got a hat, shirts. We got a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's easy, all because we use Shopify. Yeah, we're setting up Shopify for the uh, the perks in this uh, this new year for our, our platinum subscribers. And uh, boy, I really enjoy their website. Super easy to set a, set up an account and uh, get going with them. So. Kudos to them for making it easy. Well, if Matt Belknap could do it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. That's what he just basically told us. That's and I, uh, I uh, just uh, recapped it. I've spoken before. <laughs> yeah. I've spoken before about Shopify. Now, Shopify uh, is uh, it's just terrific. You could be selling scented soaps, which we may, we're talking about getting into the scented soap business. I would love a soap bar with the Never Enough Any logo on it, Dude, honestly. Dude, why isn't that a thing? <laughs> um, or maybe you're offering outdoor outfits. Dude, why is that a thing? <laughs> well, if it's if it's warm out, the T-shirt could be an outdoor outfit. You know what? You're right about that. Uh, but maybe we get into the jacket business. We have had hats too. I We've had say. hats. That's true. Uh, look, you don't have to just sell your stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from the brands you love, giving customers more variety and business more sales. Uh, now, listen, Shopify is easy peasy, as Matt Belknap said. Uh, let me walk you through what I want you to do. You can sign up right now for a one dollar per month trial period. At Shopify.com slash Pardo. That's all lowercase. Shopify.com slash Pardo. Uh, you do that right now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. S-H-O-P-I-F-Y.com slash P-A-R-D-O. Shopify.com slash Pardo. Shopify. Cha-ching. I'm going to pronounce this properly. Earn in. Earn in. E-A-R-N-I-N is pronounced earnin. I don't know how else you would pronounce it, but they really want to be clear that that's how to pronounce it. Yeah, I guess maybe some people might get a little confused because two words that are usually separated by a space are actually squished together into one word. All right, so let, let, let's all right, let's go with your premise. Mm-hmm. You got the two words. You got earn and in. How would you say those separately? Earnin. That's together. Mm-hmm. I asked for you to do it separately. Oh, separately. Earn in. Er, earn in. All right, yeah. now do it together. Ear in. Yeah, see? You're mis- <laughs> Uh, all right, so maybe they're right. Uh, Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to 100 bucks a day, up to 750 bucks per pay period. Look, again, we, we've talked about it before. Maybe you got a last-minute gift for a loved one. you got upcoming rent. Uh, and, uh-oh, paychecks run out with the other bills. That's where Earnin jumps in and helps you out. Uh, you can download Earnin today. Uh, let me spell that for you. We've had fun pronouncing it. <laughs> now let's spell it. Let me spell it for you. E-A-R-N-I-N, and that is in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, I'm asking you to do this for us. Type Never Not Funny under podcast when you sign up. That'll let them know that we sent you there. It helps us out. Never Not Funny under podcast over there at Earnin. It is subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See Earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. Once again, Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work. Up, get up to $100 a day, up to $750 bucks per pay period. Earnin. Get your money now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the program, episode 2716. Gene Bean Baxter is here. Hall of Famer. Two-time Radio Hall of Famer. I don't know if that's the official title of it. but uh, Can I, can I know, quickly ask a question? Is, uh, how do you get uh, into the Hall of Fame twice? Yeah, that's a great well, question. Well, there, there are two different Halls of Fame. There's the National uh-huh. Association of Broadcasters Broadcasting Hall of Fame, which Kevin and I got into in 2014. And then there's a competing, I guess, Radio Hall of Fame. And we were inducted there in 2019. Oh, okay. Got it. Is there one in Chicago? Yeah, well, the Radio Hall of Fame, I think, may be based in Chicago. The organization of it may be based in Chicago. Yeah, right. I think that's right. Yeah, I think there was, uh, there was the thing where Steve and Gary were inducted and Gary refused to show up and there was a lot of yes. controversy and like, 
just show up. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, just show up. Just, just show up. I agree. It's uh, it's very humbling to, you know, you go into radio because you love it, because you fall in love with it, and you're just grateful to be able to do it for a living. And then when you get a call like that, and you realize that your name is on a plaque somewhere along with, you know, people like Don Imus and you know, people like John Landecker and, you know, people you grew up idolizing. Yeah, it's very, very humbling. I'm, I'm so grateful that I was able to have the experiences I was able to have in radio. Now, just to be clear, when you bring up Don Imus, it's because you looked up to him because you two are racist. Is that the reason why you uh, <laughs> chose Don Imus of the two names you, you did? Look, I know, I know that Imus said some dumb things near the end of his 50-year career, but he had a lot of years where he was great. So let's, I prefer to remember him that way. All right. Very good. Um, the pre-nappy headed hoe years are the years that I re- prefer to remember. Uh, sure. But you know, it was in his head. It's like people, it's the same thing with like Eric Clapton. They'll go, yeah, but I liked the music before he became nuts. Yeah, but he, he had it in him. He wasn't laying, he was laying dormant. Uh, all right. Now listen, uh, the, uh, and also, but you, you uh, now I know you uh, grew up idolizing Rick Dees. Now, why did you not mention Rick Dees's name? In that? Um, I don't, it's not that I idolized Rick Dees. I don't think you liked really, him at all, right? I, no, I didn't at all. I didn't. He's the phoniest person who's ever been on radio. Everything about Rick Dees is what gave disc jockeys a bad name as far as I'm concerned because everything was so superficial and so fake. I mean, Rick Dees is the kind of guy who'd be like, hmm, so good to see you. Love you so much. Oh, you're, I'm such a big fan of your work. And the minute that person walks out, he's like, oh, that guy's an asshole. You know what I mean? Like he just <laughs> never an honest thought comes out of his mouth. And I, I, But you got to give him all the credit in the world. I mean, who had a bigger career in Los Angeles radio than Rick Dees? He was the gold standard. He had more listeners, I think, than, you know, than anyone in the 70s and 80s. No one was bigger than Rick Dees. And by the way, dude is still alive, still doing a syndicated show and a countdown show around the world, still making millions of dollars a year in radio, working out of his, uh, his uh, horse ranch in Kentucky. All right. I, I, still I, living I, the dream. Well, uh, he's, uh, uh, I, I wish I could do a good Rick D's impression to, uh, to entertain upwards of nobody, but I, <laughs> he had such a unique way of talking that uh, I don't think was good for the job. Like it was, no, it I, I, I never understood his appeal. Now, did you hold Disco Duck against him, or is that uh, in a column in his favor? Here is a here's a fun piece of Jimmy Pardo trivia, Bean. Uh, when I lived in Pasadena, California, uh, between 1986 and 1987, uh, Rick Dees used to, uh, I would listen to him every morning. That's the truth. He was the closest to Stephen Gary that, at the time in the mid-80s that L.A. had to offer. So I, I would listen to him. And one day he had a, uh, he played a, like a, a name that tune and he dropped in just a, this song was number one this year, just that, that long. And I called in and I said, and I got through and they said, uh, here's Jim for Pasadena. What do you think? And I said, I think that is Disco Duck by Rick Dees and his cast of idiots. And then Rick Dees thought it was so amazing that I knew the entire title, Rick Dees and his cast of idiots, that he then gave me the hotline number and I could call in any time to be funny with him. Um, I think I used it a total of one time, uh, but when I started stand-up comedy, uh, he also had that uh, that late-night talk show for that minute and a half. So my opening, my intro was, you know him from the Rick D show, Jimmy Pardo, because <laughs> I was on at a total of the radio show twice. How's that? Yeah, that's the fun piece of Jimmy Pardo, Rick D's trivia. Are you going to write a book, Jimmy? You know what? I've been bouncing around with my friend uh, Kyle Ryan, who used to work uh, for The Onion, and uh, uh, trying. And then I, I, the plan being was, uh, 
uh, hey, we're in a pandemic. What a perfect time to write uh, to write a book. Sure. And uh, we both went, hey, this is too fucking exhausting during a pandemic. Maybe this isn't the best time for this. See, and we all thought with all this, quote unquote, free time during the pandemic that we were going to come out of it in the best shape of our life. We'd all be playing the ukulele. We'd all be speaking <laughs> multiple languages. Right. Really, all, all we've done is gain 25 pounds and watched everything Netflix has to offer. 100%. That's what I've done. <laughs> I would I would, I would, would like to pre-order your book right now, Jimmy. Oh. If it ever comes out, I'd like to be the first sale because I think you've got stories to tell. With all the years of everything that you you've done with all the different facets of your career from the record companies to the television and the opponent and the stand-up i mean you got story you guys were with me on that jimmy should write a book right yeah yeah except for the fact that he's constantly telling us that he's not a writer that's the only thing that's getting in the way of it <laughs> that's the only thing slowed us down and this pandemic if we ever get out of this pandemic then i can get back to that you know the typewriter has the covid so i can't oh. uh, <laughs> i yeah. can't use it well you should put it's that in cover, the garage. it's covered with covid yeah. i love that you're gonna write your book on a typewriter <laughs> isn't that how people do it i don't understand you have to do yeah, i'm not a writer so is that that's not how it goes <laughs> sure i've seen what, misery what so. word processor uh, no, actually, just use your Mac, just your Apple laptop. Just sit down with that and just go to town, Jimmy. Oh, I see. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Okay, well, yeah. I'll, take, I'll take your advice. I, I've already got the other four things you suggested, so you might be right about this as well. Uh, all right, Bean Baxter is with us. Gene Bean Baxter, uh, uh, four-time uh, uh, Emmy winner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jim, Bean, a serious question to you. Uh, yes, you know, there was that time where they were kind of giving every – uh, morning team uh, a uh, a shot at that Joan Rivers uh, era, you know that uh, uh, you know uh, uh, that late night thing that Ross Schaefer ended up doing, and I you know I think uh, Stephen Gary might have done a week on it as well. They did. Did, yeah. did they ever give, come to you guys to do a late night talk show? No, um, they didn't. We did do a little bit of TV, but Kevin and I both realized we were bad at it. Mm. And I don't think it, we, we, I think we'd have been wasting everybody's time if we'd gone further in it. It just wasn't a skill set. It's a different kind of skill doing television, doing radio. A guy like you can do both. I think I'm much more comfortable just being behind a microphone. So we did. I mean, we did some, you know, we had some appearance and stuff. We were on, uh, you know, the, uh, Gosh, what was his name? Uh, Craig Kilburn, on the Craig Kilburn show as a guest. You know, we did stuff like that, appearances here and there, but they never looked at us as the next The Adventures of Mark and Brian, if you remember that short, short show. Oh. They, they had a Sunday night adventure show where they would go out. Mark and Brian were the very popular DJs on KLOS in Los Angeles for a number of years, and they would go out and they would skydive or they would go out and learn how to milk a pig or whatever they were doing that week. <laughs> and uh, they, they always claimed that the reason the show didn't last is because it was on opposite 60 Minutes, which even back then in the 90s was a behemoth. I think it was just it was a terrible show. But, uh, <laughs> no, it never it never got to the point where Kevin and Bean needed to be on TV. No. All right, very good. Um, all right, listen, let's... Uh, uh, and by the way, you, uh, what you just said has always held true. It, uh, even my, my hero, Steve Dahl and Gary Meyer, whenever they tried television, uh, awful, a nightmare, disastrous. They're, they're great. They're uh, geniuses at what they do. Uh, all right, let's go around the horn. Let's check in with uh, Garen Cockrell. He's there at the uh, Never Not Funny weather desk in uh, Van Nuys, California. Uh, Garen, how was your week? Did you work over the weekend at all, Garen? Uh, I worked for an hour yesterday and then got sent home. Why were you sent home? I, they said it was too slow so. It, it, so is that holding true the last time we talked to you uh, uh, Beanie works at the Barnes and Noble in Studio City California the mm -hmm. last time we talked to you you said uh, Black Friday was very slow and that you did uh, they even told you don't come in on the Saturday following it yeah has, it, has that been the case there's a line outside the door so we're because of the capacity is reduced I mean there's a constant flow of people but I guess not enough that it plus my back's been messed up for over a week so 
ridiculous. Yeah, I heard that you were horn dogging over that Harry Styles Vogue cover. You couldn't wait to get that in your hand, and you ended up getting injured looking for it. You call me. I mean, I needed it. I had yeah, to take I, care of some business, and I needed I that magazine. You're, you're just a man. I get it. <laughs> Let's if we could all just enjoy the use of horn dogging over that Harry Styles. Oh my God, what a turn of phrase. Uh, so you showed up for one hour, and they literally said, "We don't need you. Go home." Now, yeah, it's get, really slow. Go home if you need. How to does it work home. in retail in, in in 2020? Do you get paid for the hours you were supposed to work, or do you only get paid for that one hour you showed up? I only get paid for that one hour. Do you fight to stay? No, because my back was already starting to hurt, and it's like you know what? I fine. Please, I'll just go. If you need something right. to leave, I will go. I don't. I don't care. But. Yeah, so you only get paid for that one hour is ridiculous. Yeah, so that was fifteen dollars, and it cost me nine dollars and almost ten dollars each way to go to work Ugh. and home. Yeah, oh, it's ridiculous. Karen, you got to get a bicycle. So yeah, I, you know what? I got to get a bicycle. He's yeah. getting a bicycle today. Wait, what's happening? <laughs> I'm, he's getting my old bicycle. I got a new bike, so um, I'm dropping my old one off at his place after this. That's very exciting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Karen, with your tall, it. lanky body on a bicycle, that's going to look uh, uh, great. What's yeah. great is it, it's always, it was always a little too big for me uh, because I, I got it. <laughs> this is a very obscure story from old Never Not Funny episode, but I went to the sports authority looking for a bike and they had the wrong price on this bike. It was like $100 below what it was supposed to be. And so I just bought it before they figured out that they made, made a mistake. But it was like the wrong size. So it's pr- the perfect size for Garen, which is nice. Great. Well, congratulations on your new bike, Aaron. That sounds exciting. That's going to be a $9 savings to and fro. <laughs> exactly. Is there a Get place to lock it up? In. Are they going to allow you to lock it up? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to have to see if I can bring it in the back. I don't want to leave it out. I've had two friggin' bikes stolen from this place as it is. I ain't, that yes. ain't happening again. Gary, do you think you could talk Trump into getting the crowd to shout, uh, lock it up about your bicycle? Do you think that's a... I can try. Has he got a, has he got a campaign rally coming up here? I, I, I'm sure he's going to find one for himself to show up and ruin things. Look at being, look at being all panicking, looking for a drop-in right now. <laughs> Why are we not going to eat any more Oreos? <laughs> Perfect one. God damn it. That's, that's 42 years of, of, of brilliance. Just finding that exact, knowing which one to go to. God damn it. We need drop-ins, fellas. That's what I do. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Look, um, I'm just saying maybe I'm the guy you hire, and my only job is to never crack a mic, just be the guy to put the sound bites on. I've always thought that would be a dream gig. Oh, my God. Yeah. That would be because this show is not enough of a mess with four white dudes that don't shut up. <laughs> Let, let's right. add what that's why I had a quiet guy in just doing drop ins. <laughs> Go home. Get a job. Get a job. <laughs> that's our president. Very proud. Uh, Garen, uh, are you taking the you taking the medicines for the back, the tramadol, the uh, the methocarbamol? What are you doing? Uh well, the muscle relaxer they were going to give me ran out at Target, and oh, every right. other medicine they want to give me interacts with whatever else I'm on. Okay. So, can I recommend this? Go just go off the uh, go off the shelf. Go with the Tylenol, eight hour arthritis. Go with that. Oh, okay. It works, and I you know me, you know I've been in horrible pain. It does wonders, and actually, a fan of ours just sent me an email to a product that uh, may help you a lot, Garen. I'll send you the link. Yeah, because I'm going to... Um, it's called cocaine. It's called... Have you seen the needle and the damage done? Uh, they are uh, enormously stingy 
with uh, drugs here in the UK, you can go in in a lot of pain and they'll say Tylenol. There's no such thing as giving you, there's no, there's no opioid addiction problem here in the UK mm-hmm. because it's impossible to get. They just do not give you things like hydrocodone and Vicodin and things like that. They just don't exist here. It's not really? part of, not part of the wow. national conversation at all. Hmm. It, so, yeah, so you can be in a lot of pain, and Tylenol is the best you can do here. But with and, and as as a as a, uh, a, a patriot over there with uh, who's addicted to drugs, how is that <laughs> affecting you? Are you how are you getting your your supply? Uh, just dried up. I mean, just not available. Can't get it. I mean, <laughs> you know, we've had some things sent from uh, friends in America, and they just label it candy. You know, so hopefully, hoping <laughs> sure. that the box doesn't. Which technically, it kind of is candy, but hoping that the box doesn't get open. But yeah, we've had some stuff sent over for emergency use. Absolutely. You know what I want you to do, being and you don't you don't have to do this, uh, but I would like you to do this. Is uh, you guys talked at length about this minty biscuit on your podcast, mm-hmm. which Matt Belknap, I think this 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 might uh, the this, the description of this thing. Right. It's not the same as a jingle jangle from uh, Trader Joe's, but I think that you and I would become addicted to these things. But uh, I don't I don't like mint, though. Is it, it's got oh, mint. that's right. You're a mint guy. You're not a mint yeah, guy. I, uh, or I am a mint guy in that I am anti mint. <laughs> yeah, that, you, this, you know, is the, uh, this is the Viscount Minty Biscuit that precedes the Girl Scout Thin Mint and is similar to but far superior to the Girl Scout Thin Mint. Okay. I'll be happy to send you a package to me if you'd like to try it. They're real good. I have to try it. Uh, just okay. hearing you two talk about it uh, nonstop is like, I don't know why you didn't just supply in advance. You should have sent everybody the minty biscuits so we could have been eating it while you talked about it. I'll, I'll be happy to send it to you. You'll like it. I, uh, I just got my first Jingle Jangle tin, Jimmy. How did that go? I haven't even opened it yet. Uh, hey, speaking of Jingle Jangle, we watched that Netflix uh, uh, Jingle uh, Jangle. So did we. <sighs> How is that? With That's with uh, Forrest Whitaker, right? Forrest Whitaker, uh, Annika uh, Noni Rose. Uh, some other folks. Uh, we loved the first half of it, and then it fell off a cliff. Matt, how did you feel about it? Remember not what I said that. earlier about it's not worth bringing up things that I've watched. <laughs> <laughs> that thing was that was a fucking train wreck, man. I, it's like it's so boring. It was incredibly boring to me, uh, and and like the musical numbers. Uh, they were, were fine. The songs were fine, but it would, just didn't mean anything. Nothing meant. Nothing had any weight to it, or any. I didn't care about anyone. I, I just, it was. It was crazy. Crazy. Uh, it looks very nice. It's like the production value is insane, but it's just like what? Who is? And I know a lot of people like it. I I cannot wrap my head around how people like it. Uh, by the way, I, I'm going to get I'm going to get yelled at. My, my wife and son did not love the first half. <laughs> Oliver liked the first half. Yeah. I think Danielle was out early. Uh, I I did love the first half, and I was like, oh, I'm really enjoying this. And then the one song that the little girl sings, Oliver actually rolled his eyes and said, "It's every cliche musical uh, yeah. in this in this thing and yeah. a musical a song." And um, and then from there it kind of went downhill though. and then it was very kind of the, the script was a mess yeah the script is insane and and like even at the beginning like i don't know why we're supposed to root for the guy that they tell us we're supposed to root for it seemed like he was a dick to his apprentice and then his apprentice makes a weird choice but it's like i was i thought the story was going a totally different way where it seemed like the apprentice would be the hero of the story but then he becomes the villain for for yeah. strange reasons it just uh yeah, I, I don't, and it's not really a Christmas. It's it looks like Christmas, but it isn't. That's what Oliver Christmas. says. Christmas. There's no reason this should have been based in Christmas. There's no Christmassiness to, to it at all. It's just so like, frustrating. Matt, may I ask a question, please? Yeah. 
Oh, hang on a second. Uh, Bean, hold on one second. Elliot, is is the floor open for questions? Just a moment. Let me check the board. All right. Hang on, Bean. Yes, the board board says we are open for questions. (laughs) Okay, go ahead, Bean. That interruption in no way destroyed the momentum of my joke. But oh, that, fuck, I'm sorry. why are you dressed like Woody from Toy Story today? What's going on with what you're wearing today? Seriously, if you had the cowboy hat on, you would absolutely be Woody from Toy Story. Oh, Bean, you simple, simple man. <laughs> He's got the bandana wrapped around it's his neck. It's a hood. The whole it's, thing. it's Boba Fett. It's a it's Boba, Boba Fett. Is it? Yeah, yeah it's Boba Fett. I haven't seen The Mandalorian. Boba Fett apparently has got a new designer since the last time I saw him in Star Wars. Uh, this is the classic Boba Fett. It's uh, the classic bean. Okay, all right. But it does Back look... you, Jimmy. It, it, so take your joke and have it up your ass. <laughs> apparently you were doing me a favor. I, was, I, was I didn't know that. Uh, all right, L, uh, Garen, uh, uh, anything else we need to talk about uh, before we uh, uh, move on? Yeah, really quick. This uh, the, the Never Enough Funny curse may have... Uh, I may have, I don't know, wielded that power somehow. So late last year, I was asked to join this celebrity death pool game yes which i was like oh okay why not so i did it and i picked a few names and i'm like this is gross i don't want this i don't like this anymore like it got really like i felt it's morbid so i was like i'm done and so i left it and then i got a message from a friend of mine who's running it and he's like by the way here are the updates for this thing garen you're tied for the lead <laughs> and you're in ahead by the hits of people like the names that i picked so i picked kirk douglas he has passed Jerry away. Stiller. He has passed away. Carl Reiner. He has passed away. <laughs> Sean Connery. Oh my God. And Alex Trebek. You Jesus. picked all those people? God. I picked all of these people. Jesus. <laughs> They've all I mean, Trebe- lost them all. Trebek we, I, I, Trebek we knew was, was sick, but uh, that's uh, crazy that you went five uh, for five? Yeah. I don't even remember, A, picking any of them. I think I remember picking Kirk Douglas because... I mean, he's over a hundred. That's a, that's yeah. a, yeah, that's, that's a that, was, that was not a bad. Yeah, idea. Have Olivia De Havilland also. <laughs> no, I, I, it's insane, crazy, insane that all those people. Wow. Do you wow. win money? He's going to give like a twenty-five dollar prize. I don't know what it's going to be. Well, when you said you dropped out, does that? You, so you didn't for by dropping out, you didn't forfeit uh, any winnings. No, I just stopped picking names. I'm like, I don't. I'm uh, like, I don't want to. So it, fill it out like keeps going and going. How does how does it work? I don't. Understand. It goes for the year. I think. I think it goes. I thought you just Point maybe pick once and then that's it, right? I mean, that's yeah, because I would just put a phone book in there and then I would automatically win. Okay. Yeah, I think you. May, I don't even remember the rules. Maybe you pick ten names. <laughs> I pick six. Matt, did you just say okay under your breath? <laughs> yeah. Yes, he did. And it was the right thing to say. I agree with it. Okay. Because phone book. You know, uh, celebrities are always in the phone book. And also, did, did, didn't we do a death pool like season two of this thing? And it, then we realized was, the same thing like this it was is season creepy. one. I think it was season one because because Schmitty was still on the show. Yeah. And we I think we had the exact same thing. We were just like, this is gross. This is weird. Uh, yeah. Yet we do have the curse. So uh, congratulations, Garen, on your success on guessing dead people. Yeah, it was interesting to see. That's your catchphrase, right? I guess dead people. Is that? Uh, <laughs> it's on my card. Talk to Shamalam. It's on it's my business card. Shamalam. Uh, all right, Garen, you got an answer. What famous flyer is the official bird of Redondo Beach, California? I have never stepped foot in Redondo Beach, California, but I'm going to guess the albatross. The albatross. Mm. What you guys are to this goddamn show? <laughs> you think is that? Look at being. Oh, you, oh, I got an albatross dropping. Hang on, guys. I got the sound. 
thought I had it. I don't have it. How do you have a sound of an albatross? Albatross by Fleetwood Mac is what I was looking for. Oh, See that I had no. the, the song. I thought you were going to go go um, uh, from Monty Python. Oh my God. Albatross! Albatross! No, I'm, I'm an ofer on Albatross Drop. Sorry, guys. Oh, Hang bummer. on a second. Elliot may have been doing a character. <laughs> he's, he's quoting Monty Python. Very rare act out from Elliot Hochberg. <laughs> Elliot, uh, the, the bread guy, he's there in Palms, California, keeping things safe. Uh, Hello. I was in your area last night. I stopped over there oh. at the Baja. I got some dinner for the family. Very uh, nice. The line outside of Panda Express, by the way, was you would think people, like, like the, they announced, uh, hey, the lockdown's coming. You better get your, uh, your average Chinese food now. <laughs> There had to be 50 people lined up outside of Panda Express. Really? In fact, a woman pulled up in a car and went, are you guys all waiting in this? And they all went, yeah. And she's like, fuck this, and drove away. Wow. <laughs> you are being generous by calling it average Chinese food, by the way. That's maybe yeah. the worst Chinese food you can buy. Uh, well, 50 people disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've joined a Panda Express, but I, I can't imagine waiting in a line for it more than three people deep. Well, it, uh, well, it takes away half the name, I'll tell you that. I postmated <laughs> that the other night. You postmated you Panda, Express? Panda Express? Yeah, I was here in like 10 minutes. <laughs> what did you get from Panda Express that you couldn't get anywhere else in your from area? From like a real Chinese restaurant. Uh, yeah. I got some honey walnut shrimp, some teriyaki chicken, some brown rice. Actually, white rice. They were out of brown rice that night. Here, here. <laughs> right? Yeah. Bring this country back. I don't need to go brown, brown rice taking over this country. <laughs> That's why my president... Well, but if, speaking of our president, though, Jimmy, you, he can't be happy with people eating Chinese food. That's, uh, that's where the virus comes from. Uh, you know, that's a good point. You know, but, and listen, you're going to be happy with China, Joe? That's what I saw some guy say on Facebook today. <laughs> yeah, you go ahead and just uh, support China, Joe. God damn it. Your uh, guy, he makes his hats in China, you dumb fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so much frustration. Uh, Elliot, what's going on in Palms? Well, uh, I, will t- I will tell you this. I almost set my house on fire. Wait, what? Whoa. So I'm sitting here at this very desk that I'm talking to you through, and uh, I had been um, I had some some cheap uh, chicken nuggets, frozen chicken nuggets, and I didn't like the way they worked in the in the toaster oven. So I said I'm going to fry these up and make them nice and crispy. So uh, I had done a, a, a round of that, and uh, that was all fine. And then I said, you know, I'm going to have some more. So I went and I I heated up the oil, and then I come back to do a thing, and I forgot. That I'd left that going. Ooh. So I'm sitting and I'm doing whatever it is. And then all of a sudden I see. Foomph, and I look over and there's. Fortunately I picked a very small pan. But there's like a six inch diameter fire. Out of the pan. This high up. And I was like oh crap. What, what do I do? So the first thing I did was. I covered it with a pot. With a with a cover. So I'm going to try to uh, snuff it out. And get the oxygen out of it. Because mm-hmm. I know you don't put water on it. Because that's the worst thing to do. Uh, the next thing I did was I turned off the heat, but I have an electric stove. So I did one thing that you should never do, but it worked out okay, which is I then moved the pan from that burner onto a, onto a, a, a burner that wasn't, it was cool. And I waited for a few minutes. I opened the top up. It was smoking and then it set on fire again. Whoa. Because that's what oil does. Holy shit. Because it, it wasn't that that fire got into it it's that the, the the oil gets so hot it just spontaneously goes on fire and you're supposed to use what flour for that isn't that what they suggest flour uh i did not see any of that but i put the i put the top back on and that took care of the flame then the internet so i went and looked up on the internet what they said was uh first of all they told you do not move it so i said okay i won't do that next time and then i i they say get a um get a Cantaloupe? wet towel towel what's that <laughs> go ahead i'm listening Cantaloupe. get a wet towel 
Uh, and then and then put that around the pot. They actually say to use that to cover the pot because if it's wet, it won't catch on fire. But since I'd already had the cover on there, I just put the wet towel around that. And then I just left that. And I was sitting here. I mean, it was still hot for an hour. I'm sitting here just like waiting like, is that going to be okay? Is that, have I done enough? Is it somehow going to still be on fire inside of there? I mean, the physics say that it shouldn't, but, and so it, it and then it was, everything was fine after that, but I definitely. Oh, charming like, story. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, unfair. The way he was unfair. waiting, just waiting on that. Was, we, we can do that to, to wait him. a really long time for that too. <laughs> no kid. That was a filibuster, Elliot. That was. I was sitting here wondering, did they ever take a break like in the middle of one of his stories? <laughs> I mean, and then just come back and hear the end. Mentally, yes, <laughs> every time. <laughs> Ellie, you you have a way of you you almost burned your apartment down, and we all lost interest. <laughs> It, I, I don't know how else to tell that story. No, I, I that thought story? it was fine with well, different words. <laughs> <laughs> There's an option. Uh, here's the other, here, by the way, Bean, Bean was on radio for 42 years, uh, not on video. Uh, so when you see him mulling around his studio, uh, uh, Bean, you're on you're on video. This is I know. You. I'm sorry about that. That's Again, why I'm, he's I'm, no I'm, good on I'm, TV. He's always reaching yeah. over to the side. <laughs> exactly. I'm not used to that. Look, nobody's looking at me. There's the star power on this podcast. Nobody's even paying attention to what you I'm doing. You think they were looking at him during that story? They were looking anywhere else but there. <laughs> hey, if I avoid eye contact, it'll end. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, I bet. I bet the incident in the kitchen lasted. Seriously, less time than it took you to tell that story, right? The whole thing, you could have fit three times into you telling the story. Yeah, next That's possible. Next time, just make a video of it and show it to us. <laughs> that would be quicker. Right. So could you imagine faster. being that asshole? You're the video guy? Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to be the guy who videoed his house being burned down because he wanted to catch it before he put the fire Right, out. but you could fly me over, pick me up at the airport, drive me to your house, and let me see it in person in less time than it took you to tell the story. I, 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 I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, Bean, but I'm going to do what I would do to these gentlemen if they gave me that kind of... Oh <laughs> yes, you could do that. Sure, flip the bird to the Englishman. Uh, to, 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 to the guest, I he's got guest. like three Oscars <laughs> <laughs> and four Emmys. I heard. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, all right, Ellie, give me your uh, answer. What famous flyer is the official bird of Redondo Beach, California? All right, I I scratched out the thing that that just popped into my head because it didn't fit the famous flyers part. I'm thinking it has something to do with Howard Hughes. I'm probably wrong. But I'm going to say Spruce Goose. Oh, the Spruce Goose. Sure. Yeah. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. I mean, I'd like you to be a winner county. today. Um, <laughs> or I'd also like you to pay us all $5. <laughs> Wait, why are we paying you $5? I missed that. What happened? Why are you paying me $5? Because we all had yeah. to listen to that story. We feel oh, we should be compensated. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why are we paying you $5? I missed that. Uh, <laughs> wow, fun. Um, uh, Matt Belknap, what's your guess here? Uh, I kicked around a few things, but I, I just had to go with the, to me, what would be the, the most obvious uh, answer, which would be an actual bird. And I, so I said seagull. The seagull. Very famous. The very yeah. famous flyer. Yeah. Seagull. I don't know why that would be famous, but uh, I mean, it's, it's, everybody knows seagulls, right? I mean. Right. You see a seagull. The first thing you want to do is take your picture with it, get an autograph, that sort of thing. Like I wanted to say sandpiper for a reason, but I'm like, sandpipers aren't famous. It's fun to say though. Yeah, it is. Uh, I wonder if the question's sarcastic. But we'll find out. 
Yeah. And by the way, this really has a grounding uh, line afterwards. Uh, I'm going to ground my son for this question uh, and the wording of it. Uh, I know the, the use of the word grounding was confusing because we're talking about a flyer. So I apologize yeah. for the <laughs> yeah. use of that. Uh, Gene Bean Baxter from the uh, podcast uh, Alley and Bean, a cup of tea in a chat. Uh, what's your guess here, Bean? What famous flyer is the official bird of Redondo Beach, California? As I have frequently heard other guests say on the show, I wrote this down even though I know it's wrong, but I feel obligated to contribute something. This is a famous actual real bird, and I wrote down, you can't see that, Roadrunner. The Roadrunner is what Roadrunner. I wrote about. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the cartoon bird. I thought they're real. They're also real, but we know right. them, of course, from cartoons. Like I said, not not the right answer, but I, I had to come up with something. So. Um, but that, that kind of speaks to my sort of thought of like maybe famous flyer is in air quotes. Right. Uh, there are no air quotes here. Uh, there, there are no quotes at all on the piece of paper. Uh, sure, there sure. might be. There could just be ink smudges. You know, my son's writing. Um, <laughs> here's the. Uh, all right. My guess is, and this is my guess is completely stupid. Um, I like the idea, and you'll appreciate the use of bird here, uh, uh, being since you're from uh, the UK now, uh, and they refer to ladies as birds over there. They did uh, 40 years ago. Yes, Jimmy. <laughs> well, again, I'm talking to you. Who? Uh, <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, I went with Amelia Earhart. Mm-hmm. Amelia Earhart. She is that, a famous flyer. That crossed my sure. mind as well. Yeah. Oh. Who is also a bird. Interesting. All right. Here we go. Here's your answer. Let's get your answer. Everybody's in. Everybody's locked in. The answer is. Hey, it's a good answer. The Goodyear blimp. Oh. The Goodyear yeah! blimp. It became the official bird in 1983. Don't know how it counts as a bird, but there you go. <laughs> All right. The Goodyear blimp. Nobody got it right. Now, I that that is a fascinating answer, and and a lot of credit to Oliver for pulling that question. But we've all driven down far enough on the five on the way to San Diego where we've seen the Goodyear blimp. Yeah, yes. sure. it's in like off on the side like where it's sold. But that's not in uh, Newport, is it? I mean, it's, no, it's closer to Carson, isn't it? I think that's what I thought. I think yeah, it's yeah, in yeah. Carson. Like yeah, Carson sounds right. So I, I wonder what the connection is with Newport with the blimp, though. That's interesting. Well, maybe that always flies over Redondo Beach when it goes to do its its various business. Maybe it loops around. Yeah, or maybe yeah, maybe it was uh, made in in Redondo. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Good question, I, though, Oliver. I I will tell you this. Uh, I still, in fact, we saw it yesterday because it was over the uh, the SoFi uh, stadium because they were playing football there yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, having grown up in Chicago and seeing the blimp very infrequently, uh, and now we see it. I, I literally see it every day because you know I I live far enough south where I see that thing just going out for uh, you know uh, whatever they're doing, burning off gas. Um, the uh, I still get a, I get a charge. I get a charge every time I see the Goodyear blimp. In fact, yeah. yesterday I went, oh, look, there's the blimp. And he's like, yeah, Deb, we saw it yesterday. Who cares? <laughs> but I get I still get excited. You see it out the window? Yes, I see it out the window. Mm-hmm. Do you think um, are, are blimps eventually going to be replaced by drones? Like, uh, do we need the blimp anymore? Oh, that's a great question. I think it's for, for advertising. I guess it still serves a purpose. But uh, I, I saw some kind of a video where there was like a like a galloping reindeer out of drones. Like they were all lit at night and they were just, it was just like this, they somehow managed to make it like a moving, moving three-dimensional message in the sky. It doesn't answer so, my question at all. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, I'm saying what, what would be more impressive, a blimp with a, with a moving message on the side of it or a galloping reindeer with your brand name on the sure, side? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Well, uh, 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 this was not surprising. Took a long time to get to that point, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a great point. Very valid. But the fact that we had to peel off nine layers. Look, I am so rattled on this show just as a general rule. I know you are. It's unfair. And then Bean comes at you hard, too. Not fair. Yeah. He's a, a listener. Professional I feel like radio broadcaster with 
with so many Heisman trophies. <laughs> <laughs> what we've learned from the past is that when a, when a guest ha- is someone who has listened to the show, they feel like they've already earned yeah. the right to, to attack Elliot. <laughs> and I'm not, I, I put in my time. Yeah, I, I think I kind <laughs> of agree with you're, it. You're yeah. in the stripes. I feel like. Uh, all right, what, what did everybody bet? Ah, mm. uh, uh, yes. Garen? the bet. Five. Five for Garen. Elliot. Oh, boy. 14. 14. Matt. 19. 19. The Hardcastle. Uh, Bean? I picked uh, Taylor Swift's favorite number, 13. 13. Huh? The Baker's Dozen. I went with two. I went with two. Oh, so oh, I win. There you go. That Jimmy Pardo wins once again. Is that the second time this season? It may be. This is uh, some sort of a record for me. <laughs> yeah. Not, not for having knowledge, just for uh, maybe my bet. Oh, no. I did win for knowledge once. Go ahead. Uh, I have a question. I have a question for me. Oh, go ahead, Garen. You've won four times, including today. Wow. Three wagers, one correct answer. And uh, well, I'm very I've never been prouder. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. Go ahead, Matt. You had a question for Gene Bean Baxter. Yeah, it sounds like you're a big Taylor Swift fan like myself and like Garen. Uh, Did you watch the no, you're not not at all. No, I am. No, I'm just shaking my head because I can't uh, I can't say yes fast enough or loud enough. I'm (laughs) the biggest Taylor Swift fan, but I've not yet watched the folklore special because I have very little time to watch TV. So I tend to only pick stuff that my wife will watch with me. She's not interested at all. Gotcha. And I had to phrase it that way because I didn't want to say I'm waiting for my wife to be out of the house so I could watch Taylor alone. Because <laughs> I didn't want anybody to get the wrong idea. Right. Right. But I adore her. In fact, when the Spotify Unwrapped came out last week, you know, where we all found out what we most listened to on Spotify for the year. Taylor Swift was my number one artist and Cardigan was my number one song of the year. What was yours, Jimmy? I was going to ask you that anyway. Do you, I don't. Do you know? I'm not on Spotify, so I don't. Oh, you're uh, not. Okay. But if, it, yeah. if I was, it would be it would probably be Dawes. It, uh understandable that's yeah, what i listen to they're so uh, great they're so yeah great. they are so great um what's your favorite taylor song matt well right now i love betty um betty's great but all time um actually i don't even know if betty you know i like with the new album i feel like it keeps shifting around like at first betty was the one that grabbed me and uh mm-hmm. now i kind of like uh i don't know there's like there's like five really great ones that i that i'm it's an incredible album and it does reward you the more you yes, listen to it i agree because i think i i'm still old school 15 love story you belong with me those are probably still my top three of all time because yeah. that's when i you know that's when we all knew and fell in love with taylor in the first place and i still never get tired of those songs but yeah, yeah. she's a tremendous artist and by the way i know we're wrapping up here jimmy but for another time she doesn't get enough credit because she's a woman and she's predominantly a pop artist and many of her in the audience are young females. I think a lot of people write her off as being inconsequential. She is a great singer and songwriter and yeah. deserves all the acclaim that she gets. And I just would like to stake my flag on that, that she's a tremendous artist and should be taken seriously. Um, yeah, I agree. Garen, you've been saying that uh, since the day I met you and Matt, uh, you concur. And mm-hmm. so that's three people. And, uh, I don't know why I don't listen to her because uh, everything that I do here, it, I, I like. So I should. Do. Well, that the new album is the one for you to to maybe get Absolutely. into because I think it's the most singer songwritery uh, and and sort of. What's uh, the other one with the with the lady uh, a lady's name in it? Is uh, it Betty? Is that the one I'm thinking of? Betty, Betty's yeah. from Folklore. Yeah, that's a yeah, tremendous yeah. song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You would like. In fact, this album. I mean, you love Dawes. This album you can play right next to the Dawes album, and they're they're seamless. I mean, they go together. They're both cut from the same cloth. I oh. really urge you to, to spend some time with it. You'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, listen. I won't. I won't listen to Garen or Matt uh, apparently for five or seven years. But Dean says it once. I'm in. <laughs> and now you know why we don't make suggestions. <laughs> Good point. Uh, all right. Listen. I'll do it. Uh, you've won me over. Uh, a four-leaf clover. All right, listen. Gene Bean Baxter has been our guest. Uh, you want to listen to his podcast? Uh, you got to jump through a lot of hoops 
but it's worth it. He and Allie do a great job. Allie McKay, who, of course, is a, was a television personality and then a radio personality and uh, then was on the Kevin and Bean show for, I want to say, the last five years of it. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's about right. It, true or false, Ali is going to also be a guest on Never Not Funny in the upcoming weeks. We don't ever talk about upcoming guests, Bean. <laughs> so that'll be edited out. That's fine. Okay, good. <laughs> we also don't uh, yeah, edit. You, you don't have to jump through hoops. You just go to patreon.com slash Ali and Bean. You'll find the podcast. It's called A Cup of Tea and a Chat. And please join us. It's only 25 cents a show. I think it's worth it. Uh, aren't you enjoying being as, as guys that were once behind a paywall exclusively as Matt and I were in this entire show? Don't you love the people that say it's ridiculous that you charge so much and you go, it's 17 cents an episode. <laughs> I got no complaints with our subscribers. We call them the tea baggers. They have been wonderful. <laughs> I mean, the pandemic was tough for everybody. We heard from so many people, Jimmy, and I'm sure you get the same response from your listeners who have that bright spot in their day. Thanks to never not funny. And it's the same thing with us with the cup of tea and the chat. They're like, Oh my God, as miserable as everything is with all the bad news that's going on. It's so nice to get away from that for an hour. And it really does make you feel like, uh, you know, you're not just sitting around telling dick jokes. You know, you feel like you're actually contributing, making the world a little better place. And I know we're not doing real work, but <laughs> it still feels great. It really does. I a hundred percent agree with you. And, uh, you know, we do a, a thing where, uh, uh, again, something you guys have stolen from us where our pay, our, our top uh, tiered people, they uh, they get a personal Zoom call from me. Uh, I know you guys do a thing where you raffle off and only four people get it. They all get it in our version. Well, we do four a month, so eventually we'll get everybody in that stalker tier. Yeah, we may have wanted to do what you just did. <laughs> that concept. Because um, I've, I've done a lot of phone calls, and I, but I've enjoyed every single one of them. That's the truth. And Matt will... Uh, confirm that i there's not one where i've gone oh jesus christ that one was fucking they, they, they've all been great and um but they all say exactly what you just said that uh, we are a uh, uh, uh very helpful during this pandemic and uh yeah. i'm actually afraid the pandemic's gonna end we're gonna lose all our listeners so i got we gotta hope this thing lasts a long time guys you know i'm not gonna get jabbed <laughs> before you uh show me the door have I earned a repeat invitation in like five years? Can I come back in like five years? There was that uh, that little uh, miscue uh, seconds ago that probably cost you everything. To be honest with you, yeah, <laughs> uh, so close. Yeah. Like I get down to the, I get down to the f the final vote in Survivor, and I just make that one mistake, and I end up losing a million dollars, and I'll never ever forgive myself for it. Well, listen, you came close, Bean. You came close. Okay. You got enough <laughs> trophies you do, on your all mantle. All you can do is try. I mean, look, I, I, I'm walking away. At least I know I survived Elliot's story, you know, so I got something to talk <laughs> And I survived the fire, so we're all winners. Uh, and of course, as a reminder, we didn't start that fire. Now, let's, sure. let's get out of here. Uh, stay safe, everybody. Thank you guys so much for listening again. If you want to listen to, uh, uh, and Matt will have this in the plugs as well, too, uh, the Patreon, and then look, uh, look for uh, the Alien Bean podcast, which I am very much enjoying. As I said last week, I listened to Ruined. Uh, the new podcast uh, from uh, Allison and Hallie I'm enjoying and, and uh, uh, Kevin and Bean and oh shit you know what we didn't talk about we, we don't have time I, I gotta go I gotta go to the doctor um, which will surprise nobody um, <laughs> but I do but Bean I'm sure Bean listens to a podcast you and I do Matt and I'm fascinated to hear his take on it yeah um, but we'll talk about that off the air and leave that to all the uh, secret dead and weird boy do you know how to end a show <laughs> that's right strong <laughs> leave him wanting more <laughs> on behalf of the pop culture beast there he is up in Van Nuys California there he is the, the bad backed one that's Garen Cockrell <laughs> uh, the fire starter there he is Elliot Hochberg in Palm California holding down the fort never not funny headquarters in Sherman Oaks California that's Matt Belknap and from across the pond as people like to say because they think they're interesting that's, uh, that's my friend Gene Bean Baxter now friend of the show it's official uh, thrilled to have him on uh, Hall of Famer and rightfully so one of the best broadcasters I've ever listened to and what an honor to have him on this program I am Jimmy Pardo we'll see you next time on the podcast AK-47 Gone Not Forgotten
Love Never Not Funny? For a second episode every week and video of every episode, plus bonus perks, sign up for a Platinum subscription at NeverNotFunny.com. Never Not Funny is executive produced by Jimmy Pardo and Matt Belknap. Video production by Elliot Hochberg. Production assistance by Garen Cockrell. Music by Daver and Watch It Burn. Copyright 2020, Never Not Funny, LLC. Thank you.